Doc Rivers continues to time and time again not get it when it comes to getting... Oh! Let him play! Good evening, sports fans! And a pleasure to have you here for the big football show here on the Sandwich Sports Show. This is our newly branded program. Nice to have you back here. My name is Dave Medina. You also know me as Dave He's Eating a Sandwich on Twitch. And celebrating its 18th month anniversary coming up on Friday. So if you want to check that out over on Twitch, twitch.tv slash Davey's Eating a Sandwich. You can check that out. Tonight, we're going to get into some sports. And uh, we're back at it. It was, uh, as far as how the panel did, I mean, did okay. I mean, college football was tough. College football was tough. What can you say? Uh, pretty solid action on the field, I think, for the most part. Uh, certainly in the college side, there was. And um, on the NFL side... Yeah, there was a little bit of witching, I guess you could say. Uh, so John is with us. Andy's with us to, to break down the picks tonight. I don't believe some late-breaking news, although it's a real surprise to some of you. I, uh, I don't believe Ron's going to be joining us tonight on, on the air, but uh, we'll double-check that and uh, roll through this whole thing. What's going on? Turbo Swim, welcome into the chat. Good to see you again tonight. Uh, nice to see you. Let me... Uh, I don't know if we have any uh, if we have any mods in the chat at the moment, but uh, I'll give you a shout-out for sure. But... Welcome in. Nice to see you. We got all sorts of stuff to talk about tonight as we um, we're heading to week 10 of our contest. So, folks, we got our panel back and uh, a lot of things going on in, 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 in both sports. We've, we did get a coaching go coach fired. Hey, we, we've been going a few weeks. We're like, ah, oh, man, this is getting this is getting a little dicey. Are they going to fire anybody? Brian Harson got fired uh, over the weekend. So let's go. <laughs> <laughs> uh, all right, let's do the thing. Uh, everybody, we're back at it. Got lots to recap. Um, and some big games coming up this weekend in college football. Let's hit it! Football picks, week 10, yeah. And uh, here's what happened in week 9 as we roll through... The results a great week for John and I'm sorry I messed up his his result I I messed I didn't have the right point spread at the time but he did in fact cover with the Packers against the Bills on Sunday night so he went three and one Andy two and two um, I went two and two as well Ron and Kevin not so lucky Ron was one and three on the week and Kevin gets the golden sombrero for week nine at zero and four so here are the results after after nine weeks, and they are uh, John at first place, holding steady at 17, 16, and 1. I think the biggest thing here is that the panel at large is getting back to 500. I mean, we were buried for a while. So that's big. Andy's in second place at 16 and 18. Ron is in third at 14 and 20. And uh, I, Dave, in uh, fourth place at 14 and 20. Kevin, with an 0 and 4, is 13 and 21. A game back of uh, Ron and myself, but uh, some tough sledding there. We'll see if he can pick it up here in week number 10. Uh, well, Kevin's not with us either tonight. Uh, still recovering from, from sickness, but uh, we hope you're all well overall. Let's go say hi to our friends again, and uh, we'll start it off with our with our pals. There they are. Uh, John, welcome back to the show. It's good to see you again. How's it going tonight? on Dave yeah um I'm happy with my record considering I think I started three and ten or something to begin the year so it's been a slow climb back over 500 but it's still a couple months left so we gotta finish the year with some 
some more good picks. We've got some good action going on tonight. We'll not tell you what I have that day because we don't want any mushes going on here, but things are looking <laughs> decent uh, at the moment in the second half. <laughs> I know. I learned, I got to learn my lesson from, you know, the last 12 years of doing this. So uh, <laughs> let's go get Andy in Seattle. Andy, how's it going tonight? Oh, uh, doing well. Uh, you know, hope everyone's enjoying that positive board on discord but yeah. uh no, i'm just kidding but uh positivity free no more negativity shall not happen there bullshit bullshit no i'm just kidding yeah uh checker on a checker with uh john with our action world series nba uh no nhl tonight but um we got matching is a great time we could talk about matching down the road um but yeah Great, great time of year, November 2nd, getting chilly, and there's a lot of sports. Sports Equinox tomorrow with the NFL, all the pro sports, so looking forward to it, and I hope everyone is just doing so fantastic, so fantastic. Okay, one, okay I'm going to get to a couple things here. One, I was not worried about that whole scenario, one, but two, I'm glad you're fine, so that was the big thing. Um, yeah, good good night for sports. Like we have a, you know, I, I mean, granted, the scores of the Mac games right now don't seem to reflect the goodness of the sports at the moment, but uh, I do think that there could be some juice in the second half for for whoever it is. Um, yeah, and then the World Series, you've got uh, you've got Houston trying to get back in it here. Uh, if they can win tonight, they will be. It's uh, they're down two to one in the series so far, and there's no score in the third inning. But uh, Pines is in the chat. What's up, SFX Pines? Nice to see you tonight. Um, yeah, any complaints about negative? They didn't come from me. That's all I'm going to say. So let's get back to it, John. Let's. Uh, oh, we certainly have a lot to talk about tonight. Um, there. Yeah, I mean, I gotta give it to Tennessee. I think they've been they've been really proving the litmus test a lot. You know, they they there was a chance that they could have had a letdown against Kentucky, and they came through. They were good. Uh, but in addition to that, let's get your thoughts on last week's college action as we head into week number 10. Yeah, I was very impressed with Tennessee. Um, stupidly, I bet Kentucky, thinking that, you know, Stoops has a good defense. They could slow down Hooker and the offense a little bit. Um, oh, let me tell you, like, Will Levis, like, this guy's supposed to be, like, in the top 10 of the draft. Like, I don't see that. Absolutely, absolutely not. Like, he's just way overrated. Maybe – maybe because they don't have many skilled players right now at Kentucky and their offensive line lost some people. But based on the performance that I saw on Saturday night, uh, I would not draft him in the, in the top 10, but um, yeah, you got to give Tennessee well-deserved number one in the rankings. I mean, that's a whole other shit show we can get into, but I mean, we'll save that for another, another show because it's all just, you know, conjecture and subjectivity and whatever right now. And they want to get the, the best brands up there. Um, you know, LSU T- 10 for Alabama. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> that's right. Um, you know, very similar to TCU when they got left out of the, the four, like the first year of it, they should have been in and they got left out. Very similar to that kind of thing. They, they should be ahead of Alabama at the moment. Whatever, it'll shake itself out. Um, we got five weeks. It's just a TV show that they put on there every Tuesday night. So we're not going to get too upset about it. But um as far as some of the other games um, from last weekend, yeah, we kind of documented that there wasn't a ton of, like, marquee matchups, but it was a pretty good Saturday. Um, let's see here. Uh, I really enjoyed the Cincinnati-UCF game. 
Um, we had UCF there as a pick em and thought we were in big trouble once uh, Plumlee gets hurt and the guy, uh, Mikey Keene, their backup comes in and uh, he wasn't great last year, but Cincinnati, they, they proved to be kind of like a, a paper tiger this year. Um, you know, they're, they're an okay team, but they're certainly nowhere near the level of what they were um, last year when they went to the college football playoff. And uh, that, that kind of was proven out over the weekend. Um, you know, UCF dominated that game. They fumbled. UCF fumbled like twice going into the end zone, or else it would have been, you know, they wouldn't even needed a, a comeback at that point. So that was a well-deserved win. But that was a fun game to watch. Um, let's see here. What else? Uh, very uh, disappointed in uh, Texas A&M. I guess another another team I kind of uh, took an L on. Um, I thought they were going to play well against Kiffin at home. Um, although A&M, I, their, their quarterback, Wegman, this kid was a freshman. He looked pretty good compared to some of the other uh, people they've had in there, Haynes King and um, the other guy, I forget his name. But uh, still, their defense couldn't stop um, Ole Miss in the second half. And now uh, that kind of did them in. Um, let's see. Yeah, the early games, Ohio State, Penn State was pretty wild. Um, you know, Penn State was within like what, four or five points during the fourth quarter. And then, you know, Sean Clifford throws a couple interceptions, one's returned for a touchdown. Then if you were on them, he gives you the backdoor cover. So he giveth and, uh, you know, he, he taketh away, then he giveth back to you if you're on a, on Penn State. But I don't know, not really that impressed with Ohio State at the moment. I mean, their schedule's been pretty brutal. Like, a lot of these teams, like, you know, it, like, there's only, like, what, three or four, like, great teams, and the rest, you can just kind of all put them in a pot and see what happens. Um, but, yeah, they'll, they'll be there at the end. Um, then against Michigan, that'll be for all the marbles at the end of the month, Thanksgiving weekend. Um, let's see, what else? Yeah, I mean, that, I mean, in terms of, like, the national landscape, those are kind of really the only games that you know, had big important. Um, I will say my Huskies got the job done against BC at home. I called it here last week, money line and spread. So very excited about that. And we have a thrilling rivalry game against UMass on Friday night. So that should be, that should be interesting times for sure. I, I don't see UConn's laying like 16 points. I don't know if I want to go that far, but um, you know, it, it should be, it should, you know, fingers crossed it's going to be a win, but um yeah, uh, let's see. Any other games I can mention here? Oh, of course. How could I forget? So I wanted to to take it out of my memory. TCU in West Virginia, po- quite possibly the worst bad beat of the of years that I, I've suffered. Um, you know, we were on. That was my one loss here last week. West Virginia plus seven and a half. Now, granted, I was at the UConn DC game, so I'm just following it on my phone. I see it's a back and forth game, just like we expected. You know going home look at it it's like all right it's 34 to 31 there's 20 seconds left it's fourth and one tcu is on like what the 35 yard line something like that so what do you think okay they're probably not going to kick a field goal in this situation they're probably either they're just just going to run a quarterback sneak whatever and the game game is over this they, they drop back to pass and they throw it deep 40 yards down the field for a touchdown with 20 seconds left to, to, to cover the spread by, you know, it was seven and a half. So they win by 10. I still can't believe that, that Sonny Dykes did that, you know, and it didn't even help them in the college football playoff rankings. They're still shit on by all these people in that committee room. I, I seriously can't believe that um, they covered that spread and they threw that pass, but Hey, you know what? You know, 
they'll TCU, they'll, they'll get theirs eventually here in, in a couple of weeks. Maybe not against Texas Tech this week, but they'll, they have still to play Texas. I believe they'll have to play Baylor. So some losses are coming here, but I, I still can't believe that play happened. And it was an offside penalty too. Take the five yards and win the game. Like when you throw it up like that, what if it's intercepted or if there's a flag? Like you're jeopardy. It, as stupid as it sounds, like you're jeopardizing by by throwing that pass. You're you're potentially you know maybe costing yourself a win in like a one in a million scenario. But that was just absolutely just horrific. And like I said, probably the worst beat I've had in a while. But hey, it's not all about me. Um, TCU gets the win. And they stay up there in, in the rankings. And like I said, it really didn't do much, much for them. But yeah, I, I that's why I wanted to forget, forget that game because it, it was just, it was brutal. So yeah, it was an interesting Saturday for sure. And um, definitely better matchups on the horizon for, for this week. But hey, like I said last week, we got to, we got to cherish every Saturday from, you know, the early slate to, to the DGen late night games. So we got to take, take it all in. Yeah, and we're running as you mentioned. You know, as we've uh, said before, like I think the uh, opportunities are, are decrease. You know, there are fewer of them with each week. So Maction's back, which is great. We're, we it's the first week of Maction on Tuesdays and Wednesdays. Um, some good stuff like yesterday too. Um, let's catch up on comments first. Turbo Swim says, "Yeah, I was impressed with Tennessee. I think they could make it even even with a loss this weekend." Um, yeah, that was a big. That was a big win. It's a big win, absolutely. And Swim says, "Man, I said they needed to win big, and they and they did. Yeah, it's it's big time." Um, and then two hundred one God, who are, is our friend uh, Santoro, says, "I need more negativity back in my life." <laughs> All right, be that as it may. Um, Andy, let's go to you for get your thoughts on last week's action. Yeah, uh, I knew John was gonna mention that TCU West Virginia game as the Celtics just are on a fourteen zero. They're not on the run. The Cavs are fucking gutted out, you pieces of shit. I'm turning into fan base of the Celtics over here. But, uh, yeah, I, I wish I was watching the UConn-BC game rather than watching that TCU-West Virginia game because uh, that was absolute horse shit. Like, I still don't know how it happened. Well, I know how it happened because we saw how it happened. But there's instances where the – officials will not even let the free play happen and they'll just be, they'll just call it encroachment. And if they did that, then the game's over. But since it was a free play, I don't know why Max Duggan did what he did, but he did what he did. It was just so freaking horrendous. If you had TCU plus seven and a half and yeah, John said it perfectly 30 seconds left or 25 seconds left fourth and one West Virginia had no timeouts. It was like, I guess in those instances, like when you're in the too good zone, sometimes that can melt into the weirdness zone and it got weird. And obviously on Monday night, what I like to do after the Monday night football game, I I get my Chick-fil-A, I uh, hit record on my DVR, and then I I watch the bad beats with my Chick-fil-A. And lo and behold, the number one bad beat was that game. The second bad beat was the uh, Washington State first half plus four uh i don't even remember i remember yeah i know what they played they played utah and uh if you had washington state plus four uh utah was punting the ball with three minutes left in the first half in a tie game so we're like oh we're getting the ball back we're getting getting four points it's a tie game like 
this is great. Well, it isn't when you muff the punt. And then they had all bunch of weird shit happen after that. There was a targeting play that was that was reviewed like after a timeout, like basically a split second before they were snapping the field goal. Whittingham went for it on fourth and three from the twenty-five yard line. Just a million things had to happen for Washington State not to cover four, and a million things happened. And just eat my Chick-fil-A watching the number one and number two worst beats of the week. And yours truly had the bad beat. But that happens. It's cool. Uh, I'm here just to rail, rant, just rant about some of the other stuff because uh, that's what this podcast is all about. And, uh, you know, we talked about Tennessee. Uh, yeah, we all, I think all of us took Kentucky thinking uh, Georgia was going to look ahead uh, whoop, that 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 did not happen. And Kirk Herbstreit and Chris Fowler are just like stuck calling a shit game. And we're just like, but I'd rather have that happen than what happened with West Virginia. You know, you take Tennessee getting the 10 and a half or 11. And then like two minutes into the game, you're like, this isn't happening. You don't really have to pay too much attention to it. Um, it's the bad beats that kind of kind of sting. And uh, I know John paying attention to this middle Tennessee state uh, middle Tennessee state and UTEP I watched way too much of that game and UTEP was in a nail biter the whole game and they had a touchdown nullified because of the most egregious offensive pass interference call known to man uh so that was a crappy game how about uh Appy or not Appy State that's tomorrow how about Coastal Carolina Marshall you want to spend your time watching that game this guy did uh, and Marshall was the right team. I know John thinks Marshall was the right team. And uh, we like Coastal. We like Grayson McCall. They got no defense. So uh, Marshall got – they were the basically the victim of their own malaise, to be fair. Uh, they had like five trips in the red zone in the second half, and they scored three points in those five trips. So um, tomorrow, App State, Coastal Carolina, you betcha I'm taking App State, given three. Um yeah, we're just talking about some of these random games. Um, I was right on board with uh, Cincy and UCF with John. Oh, how about Wake versus Louisville? Talk about trap of all traps, and I fell in it. Wake Forest minus three over Louisville. And I kid you not because, I mean, you can look it up. Wake Forest turned the ball over eight times in the second half. That's hard to do. Some teams don't even get eight possessions in the entire game, like if it was an Army-Navy game. Wake Forest turned it over eight times alone in one half. That is crazy. That's that's just crazy. Um, let's have another shout-out to John picking um, Charlotte outright winner over Rice. We're going we're gonna to stick with Charlotte next week, too, against Western Kentucky, another double-digit underdog. Um, so good job by him. Uh Bad job by me. One one week too late on the Syracuse bandwagon. Notre Dame kind of kicked their ass up in the Carrier Dome. Uh, so yeah, the bloom is off the rose for Syracuse. It seems. Oh, how about some disgraces over here? Baylor, Texas Tech, Texas Tech just uh, they just took a step back and and Baylor kind of routed them in the second half. Bad job by Texas Tech, but we're probably going to have to take them in 72 hours because they're the ones that are playing uh, Sonny Dykes, TCU. Another egg, but we were on the right side of this egg 
Kansas State killed Mike Gundy. Long time coming. Uh, I think the final score was like 40-point deficit, something like that. But, yeah, Oak State got – it was a blow, but yeah, Oak State got absolutely creamed. Um, so thank, you know, got 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 on the right side of that one. Uh, let's see, Dave. I don't know how did you that Stanford UCLA game that wet your whistle? Not really over here, but we were the fools to take Stanford. And um, but I mean, if you're if you're a Pac-10 groupie, that's good for UCLA, good for Oregon, you know, USC. I think they're all kind of flirting in that top 10, top 15 in the, in the, in the playoff uh, equation. So we'll see how that all shakes up. Pac-12 isn't dead, not yet out of the playoff spot. Um, so we'll see what happens. I mean, as John said, it's a TV show. A lot of teams are going to either like shit themselves or, um, you know, cream rises to the top. Nat- nature's going to have its way. Um, but yeah, there's only four weeks left, so we're going to get some marquee games and we're just going to have to see what happens. But yeah, like I was just a degenerate. There's, I, I think I bet on these 22 games in my little notebook here and, uh, it was a terrible Saturday gambling wise NFL Sunday was a lot better, but it was still a great time. I mean, don't get me wrong. Like, do we wish we could have taken Oregon instead of Cal? Of course, but, uh, that's just the nature of being Dave Bo Nix. He had six touchdowns. So you were right. You're like, he's not going to throw five. He's not going to have five touchdowns again. He had six. <laughs> <laughs> you got me good there. Yeah. No, Andy, did you watch the, um, sorry, I'm going to jump in because I didn't get to see this game. Like I, I was like knocked out. Um, the San Diego state Fresno state game. I looked at the box score the next morning and I saw San Diego state was up 28, 17 with like a minute left. And somehow Fresno pulled out the win. That must've just been wild. And I had San Diego State with the points, so I'm I'm glad that I didn't didn't have a money line bet. I I would have just been beside myself. Yeah, I also so yeah. After a crappy gambling like session, uh, I went off and got my Papa John, like two Papa Dias, and then I got back and was watching the end of that game. So yeah, I had San Diego State. What basically happened was Fresno State they scored onside kick, scored again night night san diego state but even before that like i think at one point it was like 28 to 10 and san diego state just uh you know a couple three and outs early in the fourth quarter could not really like put the game away even though it basically the game was already won just you got to recover that onside kick just uh and that safety reform quarterback he's actually a He's a better thrower now. Like, yeah, I was looking at the stats. He looks pretty good. So they find themselves a quarterback kind of way. And I saw Jake Hanner got back. So a missed opportunity there on the over. It was like probably forty, I think, probably like based on the perception of the of the two teams without the you know the different quarterbacks. But alas, we'll have to see how it goes in the future with the with the new quarterbacks. Yeah, um, I mean, when we talk about our picks, I. Hawaii against Fresno. Fresno. All of a sudden, Hawaii's covered four in a row. They might not yeah. win, but they do cover. Yeah, twenty-eight. I saw. That's that's a lot of points. Yeah, that's yeah. That's my recap, Dave. Just okay. kind of all over the map, just ranting about the losses. Not a lot of like big upsets, obviously, to shake up the national landscape. You know, TCU's they're they're not they're it's pumpkin time at some point. Yeah, they're due. Like West Virginia. Ha- they played them, and I didn't even see the game, but they played them pretty even from what I could 
just like reading through the play-by-play and just the box score and stuff. They they had them, you know, it was an even game from what I can tell. It was, yeah. They uh, they had a couple drives stall, but for the most part, they were always ahead of schedule until they weren't. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's it's funny. It, it's I I do th- you know for all we were saying about the uh, Oregon game too. By the way, just to get step back to that for a second. Cal did not miss that cover. Cal missed that cover by only half a point. So I'm like, you know what? I think we were on the right side of that one. Like if anybody who had uh, Cal in that in that scenario. Yeah, Dave, we watched that game. Wilcox, like, didn't call his timeouts when he could have, like, for cover time. And Oregon went for it on, like, fourth and one from, like, their own 40. Uh when they, you know, most people punt, and that was that was very haunting. So, we might actually take Cal again against USC, getting twenty-one and a half, because that's USC's defense isn't isn't all that good, and that's a lot of points. So, for a third week in a row, taking Justin Wilcox, you, you know that. I'm an idiot. What do you want me to do? <laughs> no, I hear it. I hear it. I mean, I mean, look. To be, in fairness to Cal, here's the thing. Cal, Cal was gritty and gutty at Notre Dame too. So it's like they've already they've already proven they can cover the spread against pretty much anybody on the road. So uh, I'm not. I think it's an interesting call, and you might hear from you might hear something from that game coming up in the future, in the future of the show, in a few minutes actually. So uh, uh, I think that's about everything. I guess we could go right to picks, everybody. So John, are you ready with your picks? So you want want to start first, or do you want to defer? I'll start first if I'm okay. if I won the. It's like when you birdie a hole playing golf, you get the honors. So I might as well start us off. Okay, right, let's do it. All right. Um, all right, Dave. College week ten. Um, we're going to start off here with a Big 12 matchup, and I'm going to take Baylor plus three and a half at Oklahoma. Um, I like the way this Baylor team has been playing the last few weeks. They've seemed to kind of got back on track after uh, a middling start to the season. Um, you know, their offense have been really explosive, and as Andy talked about, they just uh, their defense just completely confused all of Texas Tech's quarterbacks last week, like multiple interceptions. It was just a dominant performance. So I like how they're playing. Um, they're going up against an Oklahoma team that, um, you know, they've kind of gotten back on track a little bit over the past two games. Um, but Iowa State, like, they really don't have much of an offense. And I saw they Oklahoma had, like, a fake field goal touchdown. That's, that's kind of a rare occurrence. So I, I take that to be, like, a touchdown kind of win. And then before that, they did beat Kansas. But Kansas has no defense, and we've seen that proven out. So I'm, I'm not that high on this Oklahoma team. We've, we've seen it earlier in the year. They don't have any defense themselves. Um, and then if you if the coaching matchup here, um, Randa uh, completely shut down um, Ole Miss, if you remember, back in the bowl game, uh, the Sugar Bowl this past year. And who was the offensive coordinator uh, of Ole Miss? None other than Jeff Levy, who is now the offensive coordinator at Oklahoma. So he, he knows how to play this offense. Um, I think the half point here is, is huge. I think this could easily be a three-point game. And I, honestly, I think Baylor probably should be favored in this game. I think they should be favored by like a point or two. So I'll take all the value here with um, the Bears, and we'll take Baylor plus three and a half on the road uh, at Oklahoma. I don't think they're going to be um, like deterred by the road environment or anything like that. I, I think this is. Uh, I think they're going to be. This is going to be a very close game, and I'll, I'll take the, the point plus three and a half for game one. Game two. There's there's a lot of games this week, so. It was kind of hard because it was like, you know, you, you like a bunch and you just kind of sort it down to the, 
to like your kind of your better plays. But this this one jumped out at me, and um, I'm going to take Boise State minus seven and a half at home against BYU. Um, this is a tale of two teams going completely opposite directions. If you remember, like a month ago, uh, maybe I yeah, probably like a month ago, Boise State had like an embarrassing loss to UTEP. So they fired their offensive coordinator. Their quarterback, Bachmeyer, hit the transfer portal, like quit the team. So you're thinking, oh my God, this team is just completely cooked. Well, enter in Dirk Cutter, uh, former Tampa Bay Bucks coach, former Atlanta Falcons coach, former Boise State coach, actually, back in the day. Like, he kind of got, got it all rolling. But he comes back in as like offensive coordinator, consultant, whatever, whatever you call it. This guy, Taylor Green, takes over a quarterback. They completely changed the offense, and it's just it's just rolling and it's destroying teams over the last month or so. Um, and in the meantime, their defense was even good. Their defense was great to begin with, so that didn't change. So they finally got like a competent kind of explosive offense to go with it, and they're taking uh, they're taking on a BYU team that has completely gone in the tank over the last month or so. Every road, you know, every road game, they their their defense is just non-existent. Um, they, they lost by four touchdowns at Liberty. It was the perfect spot for them against ECU last Friday night, and they still couldn't get that that win. Um, ECU should have won by even more of a margin. They couldn't score in the red zone, um, but they still did, you know, they did lose the game. Notre Dame's kind of remedial offense just completely gashed them uh, when they played that game in Vegas. They're, they're just not a good team at the moment, and they're going to Boise um, to face this new and improved offense that should just shred them. And I think the Boise defense will, will do enough to, to cover this number. Um, so I do worry a little bit that this is kind of like a non-conference game, like right in the middle of conference play. And Boise is definitely in the hunt now for the Mountain West Championship. But I just can't take this UIU team. And I think Boise will want to keep this momentum going. And plus, this is kind of almost like a rivalry game. Like these two teams play. I'm so shocked this game isn't tomorrow night. Like it's always on a Thursday or Friday night, Boise State and UIU. So. Um, kind of an odd pick, but just two teams going in opposite directions. And I, I, I figured like anything under 10, I'll go with Boise here. So um, we'll take that minus seven and a half. Baylor plus three and a half are the picks for week number 10 in college football. All right, John, thank you very much. Uh, good luck to both of those picks. Pretty interesting stuff here as, as we break it all down here on um, on week 10. You know, you do get those you do get those assorted non-conference matchups for some teams late in the season. So that's an interesting, it's an interesting, interesting wrinkle there. There's no question. So now we'll go to two other picks, and then um, actually three other picks. So Andy, you'll have lots of inventory to work with once we get to you. Um, okay, so we're gonna start with uh, Ron in New Jersey's picks. Sends him by the text. Ron did want to make it in tonight. He was almost there, but uh, but we'll, we'll see if he gets if we, if we hear from him uh, next week. He says he wants to be there next week, so. I believe him. I believe him. All right, week 10 for Ron in New Jersey. Let's do it. Okay. Uh, we're going to start with this. For First, we're going to get into an extremely interesting pick. I mean, oh, by the way, before we get into any of this, uh, Rahama, thank you so much for the 16-month resub. My goodness, we've been on the air for 18 months, and you've been a sub for 16 of them. That's fantastic. Thank you so much for being a good friend and for the resub. I appreciate you so much. And then um, King Dambreaker. Good to see you again. Follow King Downbreaker if you can. Variety streamer and a pretty cool a friend of the entire scene here on Twitch. Anyway, back to the back to the picks. Ron, with a very interesting call. I mean, I'm actually kind of shocked, to be honest. 
but I shouldn't be because Tennessee is pretty freaking good. He's gonna go get. He's gonna go with Tennessee, getting eight and a half at Georgia. For for those of you who've been following the podcast all the way back to around 2014 when we started doing football picks, this pick is extraordinary. Ron has been the first to try to be skeptical of Tennessee. This is when you know they've truly turned a corner. We'll see how they do against Georgia. But this is an incredible moment for us on the show. <laughs> I don't know. Maybe I'm over, overstating that, but but it's really cool. It's really cool to see Tennessee arrive to the level that Ron has even Ron has given their his respect as well. He should. I mean, they've been playing much better. Quarterback Hooker is fantastic. They went well against Kentucky. Now you just worry about me here trying to mush the whole thing. We'll see what happens. But Ron does indeed take Tennessee getting eight and a half for game number one. Game number two. He stays in the SEC. He's gonna get. He's gonna take LSU getting twelve and a half at home against Alabama in prime time on ESPN. And this is an interesting game because you know this is just how how much has changed in the SEC. Now Tennessee Georgia is the game of the week, and LSU Bama is almost like a forgotten stepchild. This is kind of crazy to think about that. But it's still gonna be a great game, and Ron will be on the underdogs at home. So LSU plus twelve and a half to go along with Tennessee plus eight and a half, eight and a half in week ten. Awesome stuff. All right, so yeah, uh, he, he actually should get ten. The line I see, I see. Uh, what what did he say? I I saw Bama minus thirteen. I think it's twelve and a half is what I, what I I'm not sure if I said ten, but I meant to say twelve and a half. I thought you said eight and a half. Maybe I'm not. Eight and a half was for Tennessee. Eight and a half was okay. For okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You good? You good? <laughs> It's all good, Andy. It's all good. Okay, let's get to uh, now. We get to to Kevin's picks. Uh, Kevin trying to bounce back here after <laughs> after a, after an zero and four week. I I'm nowhere to go but up. Let's do it, Kevin. Let's see what you got tonight. Um, and so pick number one for Kevin on the Cape. Here we go. We're gonna start with um, a Big Ten matchup. He's gonna go Purdue giving four and a half versus Iowa. Now. Iowa had a dominant victory against Northwestern. Quite truly the only team they could have done that to. So Iowa's been struggling to score anything. Uh, so there are some people might be a little too high on them. So Kevin believes that Purdue will, will take care of business at home against said Hawkeyes. We shall see. Game number two. Kevin is going to take Clemson giving three and a half at Notre Dame. Um, Notre Dame has really had a rough year. Uh, Clemson looked pretty shaky to start, but they've had some nice wins in the last few weeks. The offense is still a little sus, but uh, we'll see what happens with this with this matchup. So again, for Kevin, Purdue giving four and a half, and Clemson giving three and a half for Week Ten of college football. And that brings us to that brings it to my picks. All right, so here we go. So we're gonna give you these two choices. Um, so now I need to just adjust something slightly. And now we're ready to go. Okay, here we go. So here are my picks for here are my picks for week for week ten. Get ready for this. Okay. <laughs> All right. First, um, first, we're gonna go head to head with Ron. I'm actually gonna be on the home team side of the matchup. I'm going Georgia giving eight and a half versus Tennessee. Now. This is equally an interesting move because I've been big on Tennessee to start the year. Like from like the preseason, I thought they were going to be pretty good. But 
I think the thing about it is when you come off of a huge win like they did against Kentucky, I think people might overvalue one team and undervalue the other. And I feel like that's the case here with Georgia. I think the thing you just cannot discount with the Georgia with the with Georgia. Now I know and there is a key injury. Ron actually mentioned it to me in a text. The key injury um to the the Bulldogs, which is not a small thing. I, I totally recognize that. But in general, their defense is really good and I feel like I feel like it's in, it's such an interesting spot because, um, I mean, Georgia's obviously not an underdog in the game. They're home. But I think normally they'd be favored by, like, 14. And here they're only favored by 8.5. So I feel like if there's, if there's one defense that can shut down Tennessee's offense, and there might just be one, but if there is one, it's going to be Georgia. So I'm going to take a chance on it. Um, a lot of people are betting Tennessee here. I'm looking at the public numbers. It's a gross amount of people betting on the Tennessee side of the spread. So I'm going to play. I'm going to get my black hat with relish, put it on, and I'm going to root for Georgia here. We'll see. But it's kind of interesting in this case, this scenario. I don't really like Georgia. So if they don't, if they don't cover, I'm actually going to be pretty happy. So I'm, uh, there's really nothing. There's really a, it's a win-win for me. I, I'm pretty good with it. Um, game number two, we I teased it in the, uh, the recap segment. We're gonna go with Cal, yeah. We're gonna get. We're gonna take. We're gonna. We're gonna roll with Cal, getting 21, three whole touchdowns at USC. Because what has you? What have USC done to prove that they can either score consistently or defend consistently? Absolutely nothing. They've been teetering with these covers every single week, and then in some games they just flat out lost, like game one against Utah. That doesn't give me much of an argument to take them to lay all those points. Cal's been tough all year. Like as I said, like. Even though they didn't cover against Oregon, and even though Bo Nix threw for six touchdowns, good God, I want to see who they're playing this week. I'll take the other team, but uh, but oh, oh really? Oh, guess not. Yeah, well, maybe I won't. <laughs> We're getting like thirty-two. It's it's way inflated. I, I'm almost considering taking oh, really? Colorado with that spread. It's it's crazy. That, that is that, crazy. That is crazy. I'm gonna think about it. I I definitely would play take them before I would take uh before I would take Oregon. Absolutely. Especially if they're in Boulder, I would absolutely play the... You're right. I think you guys are right. But anyway, getting back to it. Um, so we're going to take Cal, getting 21 at USC, to go along with Georgia giving 8.5, um, which is, at this point now, kind of a contrarian pick. It's weird, but that's that's where the season's been. And that, those are my picks for Week 10. Let's do it. All right, Andy. So the floor is now yours. I'm ready for you. Uh, yeah, thanks. Let's do um, the thing. I wrote a bunch... There's, because I knew like, I don't know. I I just write a bunch of potential picks, and then um, I just you know depending on who goes first, kind of whittle it down. But um, meeny meeny miny mo time here. Uh, game number one, we're gonna take James Madison University getting seven at seven and a half at Louisville. Uh, this is a anti Louisville pick. Uh, they're not gonna force eight turnovers again i'm not a big uh satterfield guy i'm not a big um, malik cunningham guy um i know james madison has they have they've lost two in a row but they're coming off a bye if you remember james madison they they upset at well i mean they did upset them because they were huge underdogs but uh they beat app state um, this is their first year in the uh, in the Sun Belt, coming from the FCS division. 
They're ineligible for both the Sun Belt Championship game and the bowl, not only this year, but next year as well. Someone smarter than me is going to have to explain the antiquated rule that prohibits these basketball and football teams from making the jump from FCS uh, to FBS, uh, why they can't play in these postseason tournaments, because um, by nature they should be at a competitive disadvantage. But if they uh, are able to put that aside and get to that next level, they should be rewarded. But I'm sure there's people that can explain, no, 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 this is why. But anyway, um, James Madison, they, they played well. They've covered well. They were a powerhouse uh, last year and for years before in that division. And this year, they're, they're, they're setting the world on fire. Um, just by my twisted logic, because they don't have a bowl game, because they can't play in the Sun Belt Championship game, uh, they might just want to go extra, extra, extra for these last four games on their schedule. And um, in, in the fact that they're playing Louisville, which is obviously a school in a in a big conference, they should be motivated to to represent represent them, themselves well, demand respect, put put respect on James Madison's name, and. Uh, We'll cover seven and a half and you'll get my respect. They already do, obviously, because I'm taking them. But uh, this anti-Louisville pick, James Madison, plus seven and a half, game number one. And yeah, for game number two, we could take meet, meet minus one against UAB. We could take LSU getting 13 or 12 and a half against Bama. We will take Texas Tech behind the scenes. But for the podcast, this pick right now, right here, we're going to we're going to take uh, Hawaii getting 27 and a half at Fresno State. That game, This game, I think, is on Fox Sports 2 or FS2, I believe. Really? Eddie, can you check that? It might be. I think it's FS2. I'm pretty sure it's FS2. Eddie, check that. But um, like we mentioned in the beginning of the program, Hawaii has covered four in a row. They've been in contention to actually win some of these games outright. They're the best... Uh, Two and seven team in the country. I don't. I don't know. They're probably better two and seven teams than them, but uh, maybe not. But they've covered four in a row. Timmy Chang knows how to cover. They, uh, yeah, like I said, they almost beat. They, I mean, they hung tough with Wyoming last week. They almost beat Colorado State the week before. Uh, they almost beat San Diego State the week before that. So yeah, they are trending in the right direction. Um, they have a decent quarterback. Their defense is horrendous. But Fresno State, as, uh, as we mentioned, like their defense can be exposed. I know they got Mims. I know they got Jake Hayner back. So they're going to score a lot. But like 27 and a half is a shitload of points. Hawaii's playing better. Let's have some fun with the Warriors on a Saturday night on FS2. Hawaii. Plus twenty-seven and a half is my second pick. Love it, Andy. Yeah, this is this is very savvy. Um, good luck to both of those picks. They are indeed on FS two. That's great. Pump that up. Like that's, that's going to be great. <laughs> Get that alongside the USC Cal game on ESPN. Get that second monitor. It's like you just dust off the button that says FS two on it and watch. That'd be great. So, um, good stuff. This is some good stuff. Yeah. Um, 
Why is Scott Satterfield not fired yet? I guess is my question. I'm kind of wondering if when that's going to happen. So if James Madison covers, maybe that'll be the spark plug that finally gets him dumped out of Louisville. The other game I was thinking is SMU-Houston because ah. John said it last week. They're mirror images of one another. They go, you know, the whole air raid. Both those, t- I, I'll probably take Houston. Because I can't figure those teams out. I thought SMU was going to lay an egg at Tulsa, and they actually showed up. Like, and then who the hell knows with Houston? So, good luck. Count me out of that game. Yeah. Well, funny <laughs> about that game. So they they went out. They went up a bunch on Tulsa, and then next thing you know, it's like Tulsa's getting the ball back only down eleven. And I'm yeah. Like, uh, but that's it. Houston does that too. Like yeah. all those, you just you just never know. Like, neither of those teams know how to put a game away. That is a true story. All right, so let's uh, get into this week's action. I mean, we covered a lot of it already, so there's not a lot to really add to this, but um, I'll show it to you anyway. These are the featured games for Week 10. Um, the two biggies, of course, are in the SEC. You have Tennessee, Georgia. And by the way, Turbo Swim says, uh, I don't listen to Davey either. It's okay, which <laughs> is correct. It's on brand. <laughs> oh, I love it. I love it. Um, but anyway, going back, but here on in week 10, we're looking at uh, the featured games. And yeah, Tennessee Georgia is definitely the bigger game. I don't think there's any question. Number one versus number three. I mean, that's a pretty clear spot. Um, Georgia's not exactly an underdog, but still kind of, an, kind of an interesting spot. They definitely don't feel like they're over, overwhelming favorite to win the game as you would normally expect from Georgia from week to week. So this is a fairly fun one. I think we've all covered it on, in pieces and bits and pieces. We'll have more of that in a moment. Number six, Alabama, Andy's team versus, or sometimes Andy's team, I guess, uh, versus number 10, LSU. That's 7 o'clock Eastern on ESPN. It should be a good game. Like, the one thing I was thinking about this game specifically is that I don't necessarily know who's going to win, and I don't necessarily know who's going to cover, but I know they're going to have an over. I feel like there's going to be a lot of points in that game. Maybe I'm crazy. Uh, number 24, Kentucky is playing Kentucky. That's Texas. That's got to be Texas. Texas. That's got to be Texas. Hey, I was like, that can't be Kentucky. I'm like, yeah. yeah. So the number 24, Texas versus 13, Can- number 13, Kansas State is at, is at 7 o'clock Eastern on FS1. Could be an interesting game. Like Kansas State might have a really big letdown here after what they did last week, right? So like that's going to be interesting. Um, and then Oklahoma State's got got a, a chance to pick up the pieces, which uh, I don't. I almost bet, or I almost put that into picks. I think I'm trying to double check where, who they were playing, but uh, that's Kansas. Yeah, Kansas, right? Okay. Yeah, I don't know. Like, that's going to be a tough one to call. It's a tough call because what's happening with Oklahoma State is. Um, Gunner Gundy is going to play at quarterback. That's why I couldn't pick it. I'm like, I, I have no idea what's going to happen there. Like Gundy's son is going to, or grandson maybe is going to play that game. Like that just seems strange. So I couldn't Sam jump. Sanders hurt. Yeah, I heard he was hurt. Heard he was hurt. That's, that's Spencer Sanders. Spencer Sanders is, uh, so I don't know. I don't know what's going to happen there. Anyway, uh, number four, Clemson versus Notre Dame. They are unranked. Uh, they are at home, and and uh, they will be on NBC at 7.30 Eastern. Number 21, Wake Forest versus number 22, NC State at 8 o'clock Eastern is on ACC Network. I do not know if this really deserves to be on this list. Um, I mean, Wake Forest is fun, obviously. NC State is not fun, like the opposite of fun. Um, so that's a very dynamic matchup just from the contrasting styles. So, uh, so, John, would you like to tackle this first? What are you seeing here from Week 10 in college football? as this matching is starting to get wild here if you're watching Central Michigan and Northern Illinois. 
Um, ah. Scoop and score fumble return for NIU. Nice. Still feeling okay with our Central Michigan plus six, but we'll we got to keep an eye on it here. Yep. Um, yeah. So good good slate of games. Um, the the stinkiest line of the week to me anyway. So you have Texas giving two and a half on the road, a team that's lost on the road at Oklahoma State. They lost on the road at Texas Tech, and they're laying two and a half points against a team that's higher ranked than them and just won a game forty-eight to nothing. Like, what? It, what is that telling you? Like, I, I'm, I'm, I really, really, really want to take Kansas State, but like, it just that spread makes no sense to me. But it just—it's funny how the mind works. Like, it's the other way around. If it's Kansas State minus two and a half. Like, yeah, count me in. I'm all in. But just the fact that Texas is favored, like, that just doesn't make any sense to me. Um, plus like, you know, this has been kind of like a, um, not a revenge tour, but like, this is the last shot for some of these teams against like Texas and Oklahoma in the big 12, because they're going to the SEC and they've been giving them all their, you know, it's just been an electric environment. As I mentioned, like in Stillwater and then, um, in Lubbock with Texas tech, it's going to be the same thing here with, with, in, in, uh, Manhattan and Kansas. So I don't have to think about this one, but that, that line just stinks to high heaven to me. But um, that's going to be a good matchup. I mean, Kansas State is playing great. You got to figure – I mean, Will Howard played most of that game last week, I, I'm pretty sure. And, uh, you know, they just dominated uh, Oklahoma State. Obviously, Texas is, I think, is a little bit better um, just, in, just in terms of t- pure talent, but they haven't shown it in some of these road games. So that's a very interesting matchup. Uh, yeah, Dave, I don't know if I'd put Wake Forest to NC State in there. I mean – that was a pretty, you know, a wild quarter by like every pass Sam Hartman threw was like a pick six in the, in the third quarter. I mean, that was just brutal, but um, you figure they could bounce back here in this game. NC state needed like a second half rally to beat Virginia tech last Thursday night. They have no offense now without Devin Larry. It's just, it's, it's really sad. And they just, they, you know, they did just enough to beat Vod tech, but wake should probably win this game um, and, and get a bounce back spot. At the same time, not on your list, uh, Miami and Florida State playing on ABC. Like it's one of those like if a tree falls in the forest, do you hear it scenario? Because like no one's going to be watching that game. And what you know that rivalry's certainly fallen uh, in recent years. Um, another the line that kind of smells is that Clemson line. I mean, it's very similar to when they went to Florida state and they were like minus three and like you have all the sharps hammering Florida state and like they just handled Florida state easily. I could see the same kind of thing happening here, but at the same time, like I think Notre Dame is, is probably a little better if we're comparing things to, to Florida state, but you know, and they've started to play better recently. Um, I don't know. That's, that's just a tough game. I don't think Clemson is ranked number or I don't think it's about the fourth best team in the country for sure, but that doesn't mean they can't beat Notre Dame by like, six points um that's tough i think uh you know we saw them almost escape against syracuse um you know notre dame they just had a had a big win over uh syracuse the same team uh they just they're common opponents the last two games but um i don't know home home crowd at night for south bend Ugh, that that's a tough call gone to my head i i take the irish points if it's like three and a half or four, but I don't feel great about it. This probably won't be like one of my top like bets I'll make of the week. Um, yeah. And then those, the two SEC games are really what they're or like going to shake up the weekend. 
I don't know how LSU is 10. Like they, they committed back themselves into whatever corner to put them at 10, but they are getting better to where they were at the start of the year. And we've seen Alabama struggle on the road before. Um, Jalen, uh, Jaden Daniels has been playing great um, over the last two games, you know, against um, Ole Miss and then Florida had some terrific performances. You know, Bryce Young is going to bring it. I think, I think I'm on board, Dave, with your overcall. Who would have thought that from a Bama LSU game? Remember when it was like the game of the century and it ended like nine to six? Oh yeah, uh, I think it was <laughs> that was that was like 2011, I think. That's yeah. when they and then they re, then they rematched. But yeah, and now here we are, like 11 years later, and you know it's going to be like you know in, in the 30s for both teams, which is which is wild. Um, but yeah, it feels like a few too many points. I don't know. That that would be my lean. Just take the home dog, you know, Death Valley on a Saturday night, getting all those points. Brian Kelly, I think I'm not going to say he can match wits with Nick Saban, but like I think he, I think he can do all right in this scenario. And um, as as the home dog, then obviously the big game with Georgia and Tennessee. Georgia just one of their, lost one of their best defenders for the year to injury, so we'll see how that plays into the mix. It feels like Georgia has just been kind of. They just they turn it on when they want to, and then they just kind of go through the motions when they're when they're kind of bored. I mean, you saw that in the game against Missouri. You saw that even in the in the Kent State game, they were only up by what like ten points in the fourth quarter. But then when they want to play, like they just destroyed Oregon. Really impressive against uh, Florida last week. I don't I don't think they ended up covering, but it was still a game that was never in doubt at that point. But um, you know, if they certainly have the home field advantage in this in this spot, and they should be able to do some things against the Tennessee defense. It'll come down to what can their defense do against Hendon Hooker and that electric offense. Um, and the other matching game is going to get interesting here as Western Michigan's about to punch one in. Uh, so some good action here, but yeah. Um, you know, we'll see what, what Tennessee can do against the Georgia defense. Certainly not as talented as they were last year, but they're still up there in the defensive rankings as you know, one of the top teams. I think anything over seven, I kind of lean towards Tennessee. I would, I would tend to agree with with Ron's pick. Um, this should be a good game. Like I don't, I don't think, I don't think Tennessee is going to be completely shut down. I think they're going to score some. So I could see this being like thirty-one to twenty-four. You know, Georgia and then Tennessee. Tennessee would cover. I wouldn't be shocked if Tennessee pulled the upset, but I, I think Georgia will probably win this game just just because they've been there before. I think you know they have the experience, and I think. I, I trust Kirby Smart a little bit more than Heupel in, in this spot. So, um, yeah, give me Georgia, but by like a touchdown. So I think Tennessee would probably, probably get the cover. Um, yeah, so those are the, I guess, the games on your list there, Dave. I guess I'll mention a couple other ones here that kind of pique the interest. Um, in addition to the uh, thrilling UMass-UConn game Friday, very interesting game, Oregon State at Washington. I will be into this one on Friday night. I was seeing on Twitter, like, there's this – they're calling it like an atmospheric river or something or another that's coming to the Seattle area. So does it, Andy, does that mean like horrible rain and wind? Because if it does, I think I'll bet the under right now. Like it's at 55. I don't even know. I was, my <laughs> family was texting me about that. I looked it up and I was like, uh, low forties and rain. That's <laughs> kind of par for the course early. November. Okay. Yeah, exactly. Typical Seattle weather, but yeah, that, that's, um, That'll be a good game. Uh, Oregon State with, you know, their defense and running game against, you know, Penix and that uh, dynamic passing attack. So 
uh, yeah, that, that's a good watch on Friday night. Uh, I think it's a late game, like 1030. Um, so yeah, I'm into that. Texas Tech TCU, I, I'll be into, I'll, I'll be a glutton for punishment again, fading TCU. I just, it's just kind of be a weekly bet at this point, but that, that just, it's too many points. Texas Tech can score. TCU still doesn't have a defense. It doesn't be a lot of points. Like you, you've got to take the dog in that spot. Um, we mentioned Iowa before, how they scored the 33 points against Northwestern. If Iowa scored 33 points against Northwestern, what is Ohio State going to do? Like, this is just a complete joke. Like, they're giving 38 points on the road against Northwestern. I mean, that could be like 52 to nothing. Um, seriously, that's crazy. Um, another unranked ranked scenario. It's, I think Kentucky is still ranked, right? I, didn't, I don't know if they dropped out, but um, if they are, Missouri's a one-point favorite. Missouri actually has a really good defense, which is crazy because they had one of the worst defenses in college football last year. So what a turnaround from uh, their defensive coordinator. Um, I mentioned the Baylor-Oklahoma game. Uh, yeah, we met, we talked about Oregon, Colorado, Oregon's defense is not good enough to be laying 31 and a half on the road. I don't care who is, I mean, Colorado has shown a little bit of life here recently since they fired their coach. They can at least, they can put up like 17. They should be able to cover this game, like 48 to 17. You cover, uh, if it, that, that's the spread, that, that's just way too many. Um, I think, uh, Penn state and Indiana is gross, but maybe a little bit of a letdown from Penn state after playing that Ohio state game. So maybe look to take the dog there with Indiana. Um, Michigan State had all those players suspended after that horrible brawl in the tunnel against Michigan after the game. And now they're going to Illinois, which has been one of the bright spots of, uh, you know, surprises, I guess I should say, at the Big Ten season. Their defense has been fantastic. I don't know if Michigan State will even score in this game. Um, but it's a lot. It's a big number to lay, 16 and a half. I don't know if I want to go that far. Maybe the Michigan State team total under is the, is the play there. Um, yeah, Andy mentioned UTSA, UAB. That's like Conference USA supremacy. So we'll be into that. Um, let's see what else here. Yeah, Houston, SMU, lots of points. Michigan Rutgers, no thanks. Uh, yeah, that James Madison Louisville <laughs> game is definitely interesting. Um, I, yeah, James Madison, you have to see if Centennial is playing. He missed their last game when they lost to, uh, I forget who it was. Uh, who beat them the last the last game, but he, he didn't play, so you got to see if he's going to be in the lineup. And then Auburn just fires Harson, so we'll see if they get the fired coach bump against Leach in Mississippi State, uh, catching 13. I don't know what to make of that. And then you have your uh, degenerate late-night action, um, and we've kind of touched on a lot of these games. Um, Cal, USC, Hawaii, Fresno, um, San Jose State, Colorado State, and then UCLA, at Arizona State, just looking at these spreads, like I almost want to take the dogs in all four of those. Arizona State plus 10.5 at home, Cal plus 21 at USC, Colorado State plus 24 at San Jose State, and then Hawaii plus 27. Yeah, sign me up. Like, end of the day, we'll do a crazy, we'll do a four-team parlay with with all dogs, and we'll hopefully we'll end our night on a on a good on a good hit. But yeah, good schedule of games. Like almost every team's in action. So Let's 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 get at it this weekend. So it'll, it'll be a good one. I really love that rundown. Thanks so much, John. I mean, you really covered the good, the bad, and the ugly. And like in that entire rundown, like you're, you really covered the whole range of college football. So uh, Turboson with some comments um, regarding the Tennessee Georgia game. This ha- that has the potential to be an interesting game or incredibly boring, which is quite right because like, especially if Georgia has their way, it could be a really boring game. You know, like it could just be a really ugly game. 
that Georgia has completely just chokes the life out of Tennessee. I don't think that's going to happen, but you certainly can see it. Um, and then he says, come on, Michigan, are you? That's a thrilling matchup. He's just joking, but that's funny. <laughs> I think he's got ties of Rutgers as well. So, um, <laughs> uh, now Tina French was in here earlier. So hello, Tina French. Nice to see you. Nice to see you tonight. Welcome in. Good to have you here in the chat with us. And, uh, and, and swims, swimmy says LSU Bama could be the same quite right. Cause I am not sure, and maybe Andy can jump in on this too. I mean, I don't know what to make of LSU because I kept thinking, okay, they're clowns, and they had a couple of pretty good wins lately. So I don't, I don't really know what to what to do with that. So while we suss that out, Andy, let's go to you and get your thoughts on this week's action. Yeah, I mean, you guys kind of nailed it pretty good already. The uh, I really have no feel on uh, on this Tennessee Georgia game. Um, because, yeah, you can take Tennessee. I'm this this Celtic game is really pissing me off right now. But I'm trying to focus and put my attention on the on the podcast here. But it's not a foul. But anyway, the um, to the guy that posted on the Twitch, yeah, Georgia, like they embarrassed Oregon, like game one, right? That defense can be smothering. Uh, as John mentioned in the cocktail party against Florida, like they smothered Florida. I had Florida, like Florida covered because they had uh, a couple like fluky plays on offense and Georgia kind of let off the gas a little bit in the second half. And I think Bennett got intercepted, but yeah, like holding a Florida ticket plus 20, three and a half or whatever it was it, it felt lucky at the end like it, like didn't it felt like georgia covered that game but they didn't obviously so yeah like tennessee we've all made the joke like watch out for tennessee and this tennessee team is different obviously they they beat alabama for the first time in forever they have a prolific offense hookers obviously the real deal but so is Georgia. Now, the one thing that gives you pause with Georgia and makes you lean Tennessee is as as good as Bennett was in that title game last year, like he he's still Stenson Bennett the fourth or whatever his name is. And I don't know, he's gonna he might not really have to make that many plays per se, but he might make some stupid plays too. So if Tennessee can kind of for something stupid like a muff punt uh, turnover deep in uh, you know Georgia's own territory, they can kind of come out guns blazing on the road. Then that's good for that's good for Gary Danielson and Brad Nestler. But um, if it starts off early, you know, early ugly or ugly early like that game against Oregon when Oregon was down like fourteen nothing right away, then then it could also, you know, turn to poo quickly for, for Tennessee. But uh, gun to the head, I'll probably put money on the underdog. Now, gun to my head, I'll probably take LSU too. Um, this Alabama team, oh, so what? Like, they, they beat Mike Leach by 30. He always beats Mike Leach by 30. I don't know. I, I, I don't know about this Alabama team. They got two tough games coming up, LSU and then Ole Miss. 
Um, now, Dave, you mentioned LSU. Uh, yeah, they are clowns. Brian Kelly is a clown, and they. But the games at home and Jaden Daniels, he's he's kind of he's kind of Lou, kind of Lang, very Jekyll, very Hyde. He's a playmaker. Uh, I need almost need my pencil to be making this point. He makes plays, but no, he he's actually playing really well. If you watched him at Arizona State for the past couple of years, like he's really good. But sometimes he's just a one man band, and he kind of reminds me of the Washington State quarterback right now too, Cam Ward, where he almost needs like he's he's not on the same level as his as his teammates because he's just like. He's going a million miles an hour, but his teammates are only going like 500,000 miles an hour. And they just don't know what to do. They just kind of stand around and let him move around. And he's going to pass it. Is he going to run it? Who knows? Tying! But uh, anyway, Celtics. But uh, So, yeah, Dave, like I, I – as much as I hate Brian Kelly, like that LSU crowd on a Saturday night is, is legit. Um and those those teams, they have some crazy games. You know, not that nine six national championship game ten years ago or whatever, but you know, you know what I mean. Like <laughs> right. they they could have some high. It's gonna be a high scoring game, I think, because yeah. Alabama's defense can be exposed, um, especially at passing. And uh, obviously, Bryce Young is incredible. Um, I, Dave, right now I'm taking LSU. I'm taking ah. LSU. Yeah, I would take LSU. And uh, you guys talked about Clemson-Wake Forest. I, I cannot get into that game. <laughs> I cannot get into that game. I cannot get into – I'll probably end up regretting it, but I'll take – I will take Wake Forest uh, opposite of recency bias or whatever because I've learned that's not always a – we'll get that when we talk about the NFL. I'll probably – yeah, I'll be that dumbass and take Wake Forest again because it can't get any worse. With the eight turnovers and um, never liked NC State. I don't even know. I think Devin Leary's coming back. I think he's playing, but be that as it may, I'm taking Wake Forest as a bounce back game. Um, and I agree uh, with that Texas Kansas State line. Even without that line, I'd probably take Texas. Um, you know, Kansas State, what else can you do? You just beat Oklahoma State by that many. Uh, bound to kind of you can't repeat that performance two weeks in a row at least that's just my mongo opinion and um, you know Texas they have a lot of flaws um, but if Quinn Ewers is healthy the quarterback with the mullet like they're awesome and and Robinson the the running back he's 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 a beast too so um, and that line's fishy so so give me Texas. We're going overtime. Celtics, Cavs. That's good. And then, yeah, some of the the Shern games. Not Shern to us, but uh, Shern to the the casuals. Like Army Navy, not Army Navy. I think it's Air Force Army. Like we we got to watch that. Um, probably take. I have this stupid theory with uh, service academy teams. I always like taking the underdog when it's service academy versus service academy because they all play the same style. So I just take the team getting the points. Um, tomorrow's App State Coastal Carolina game is very marquee. 
I'm going to take App State because I just, uh, as much as I like Grayson McCall, he's not the one playing defense. And I think Coastal Carolina's defense is, is kind of a sieve. So give me App State bonus pick. Um, John mentioned Oregon State, Washington. I did look. I, I don't know how rainy it's going to be. I mean, Seattle so it's probably going to be, but the wind's going to be, the wind is going to be a tangible thing. So um, Washington loves to throw the ball everywhere. I think if, if it is really windy, I think the wind would nullify Penix a little bit. So I would rather take Oregon State in that spot if the weather is going to be as extreme as, uh, as what the people that predict weather for a living say it's going to be. Um, and plus, I I'm anti Washington anyway, so give me give me the beeves, give me the beavers. Um, looking at some of these other Florida, Texas A and M, no. <laughs> um, on board with Texas Tech. I'm sure if Tullis is listening, he'll he'll have some action on Marshall Old Dominion. Uh, I you guys keep talking about Oregon and giving. I wonder if like. Dan Lanning has like just a goal to kind of run it up on some of these teams because of style points or whatever. They only have that one loss at the beginning of the year to Georgia. So maybe he just needs, he feels compelled to dress it up as much as he can. And um, I'm just looking at Oregon's schedule from here on out. They obviously have that clash with uh, Utah. Um, so after Colorado, they play Washington at home. And then Utah, November 19th, and at Oregon State. So not, they don't really have a lot of sexy games to kind of boost the rankings or whatever. So maybe they do have to kind of score as many points as possible against, you know, these inferior programs. But I don't know. We'll we'll just have to wait and see about that. But, yeah, Bo Nix is playing well. Got to give him credit. Um, and then, yeah, that that's basically it. Houston SMU is a – mirror image game and yeah we'll be into those late night games um yeah i'm taking all those underdogs sink or swim gonna do it yeah i i i i I can't disagree with any of that like i think that late night is seems to be leaning that direction we'll see if it plays out we have an update from bowling green it is 13 to 9 it is fourth down it's fourth and two i'm not sure how how far ahead you either of you are in this game but uh, Western Michigan with one more play here to extend the game, um, so we'll see. Which side were you were you on? We're all we're getting six in this game. Okay, okay, John. I also have the under forty eight, so we're we're sitting pretty with that. Okay. And I have I was on the over, but I also had Western Michigan getting five, so this looks pretty good. Yeah, it looks like they're gonna they're gonna have this unless something really really crazy happens, which has happened. As you, if you, there's a whole segment devoted to this called Bad Beats, so it's not over till it's over, but it looks good for Bowling Green to finish the game here with just a couple of kneel downs. We'll see. Um, okay, so let's get on to the NFL. Um, and last week's action, I'm just going to give it to you, John. <laughs> I don't have a lot to say. I'm just going to give it to you, John. What do you have to say about last week's action? Um, As, as Western Michigan gets stopped on their fourth down attempts, but you guys are good with the spread anyway. So, um, yeah, NFL week eight. Uh, where do we start? Well, um, it it was one of those like mind fuck things with the spread last Thursday night because I wanted to take the Ravens, and then like over the the day, 
like since we did our show, like the next day, it, the line switched to Bucks minus two and a half, and I'm just like, oh, I guess all these sharp sharp money is going on Tampa. They must be the right play, and I didn't bet it like a fool. I didn't bet the Ravens, and of course, the Ravens won the game pretty comfortably. Um, just a big mess in Tampa right now. I mean, it's not like I'm, you know, people are making the comparisons between Brady and Rodgers. Like if you watch both of them play, like Aaron Rodgers is, and he has no drop off in his physical abilities right now. Like Brady does not look, he doesn't look physically right. Like he's throwing balls at receivers' feet. Like he, he's just completely just lost at the moment. Can he get it back? Like I don't know, but to me, he's just he's just not looking like this he's going to play any longer after this year. And he's just like, he's, he's like completely det- deteriorated before our eyes. Whereas, you know, we'll get to the Packers now, you know, Aaron Rodgers, like, he, he played fine on Sunday night. Um, you know, he's been fine for the last three weeks or so. I mean, the rest of the team's got a lot of problems, but he's certainly not one of them. Um, you know, they had the really had the running game going on Sunday night. I saw that was a plus. You got some young receivers in the mix. You saw some more dubs, which is good. This, that guy, Samori Torre, had a, ran a really nice route in the end zone. He got us the backdoor cover, so thank you, sir, for that. That was exactly how we wanted it to play out. Um, you know, they got a few picks from Allen. Um, you know, they, the Bills were just kind of like half-assing that, as I expected. Like, they just kind of got up, and then it was just that was just the end of it. They just really didn't do, really do much of anything. Um, you know, a lot of penalties, too, in that game, bullshit pass interference call that took back a touchdown but you know the Packers played okay we'll see if they can maybe take a little bit of a moral victory from that and um do anything going forward here but we'll see what happens as for games kind of uh, earlier on Sunday um yeah we're Seahawks are like a cash cow right now like what a what a win over the Giants and we we all call that here the Giants with their fraudulent uh six and one record or six and two record or whatever it was and you know, Seattle, they were a far, far better team. I mean, the Giants had a few muff punts that, that definitely hurt them. But um, Seattle was clearly, clearly the best team um, on that day. And, you know, they, they could win the West Division, although the Niners are looking pretty solid right now with uh, McCaffrey added a new kind of dimension to their, to their offense. Although I will say that the Rams are a complete disgrace. Like if there was ever a time where they would come off a bye – you know, ready to go. And, and you know what? The scripted stuff was good. Like, they were up at halftime, 14 to 10, and then they just get destroyed in the second half. Because McVay was owned again by Shanahan in the second half. And, uh, you know, um, just pretty embarrassing for, for McVay at that point. And, um, you know, the Niners, they get the win. And Niners and uh, Seahawks are going to be battling for the division. Who would have thought it? Um, the Colts and Commanders, like Heineke with a – you know, prayer uh, on like just throwing it up to McLaurin. That's like their offense, but Hey, you got it done at the end of the game and they get the win. Um, Malik Willis's first start of the Titan only threw for 50 yards, but it didn't matter whatsoever. You just hand the ball off to Derrick Henry and he'll do the rest against that putrid Houston rush and run defense as they win 17 to 10. Um, the Cardinals Vikings game annoyed me because the Cardinals would have covered if not for a stupid muff punt that led to the final Vikings touchdown. Um, they might even won the game. Like, shit like that annoys me so much. And even even they even had a backdoor chance after that, but they they couldn't, you know, they couldn't couldn't get it down the field to to win. Um 
And then the, the craziest game of the early wave was that Panthers-Falcons game. Who would have thought uh, that was like the, you know, <laughs> the, the twist and turns of, you know, whether you had each side because Carolina was giving four. I'm sorry, Atlanta was giving four. So Carolina gets stopped in the four downs in uh, their own territory. So Atlanta kicks the field goal to go up six. And you're thinking, oh, shit, if you got the Panthers. But then P.J. Walker throws – I don't know how they're letting guys get behind you with a minute left in the game down six. Like just put your defensive backs on the goal line. It was just, I don't understand that defense, but the Hail Mary prayer is answered um, and essentially, you know, uh, gets the cover. But even crazier after that, the dude takes off his helmet and, um, you know, it it leads to the extra point being 15 yards longer. And of course they miss it. It goes to overtime and the Falcons win and take first place. But Carolina's got to be encouraged with what they've seen from PJ Walker. And since they fired rule, like anyone can win that division at this point, it's just complete shit. Um, so who knows what's going to happen in the NFC South. And then the, the Broncos and Jags kind of gave us another snooze fest in London. Although the Broncos pulled it out of their ass at the end. It seems going to be the thing against the Jags these days. They just, they just can't, can't make the plays uh, to, to get the job done. Um, and yeah, that's kind of my brief recap. I know that I didn't mention a few games. We'll, let Andy uh, fill in the gaps if there's any other uh, topics he wants to, to hit on some of the, the action from uh, week number eight. Well, I appreciate the recap, John. Very, very good stuff uh, covered for the most part. Um, let's say hello to Dara Hayden Music. Good to see you again, our, our friend. I, it's nice to see you. Dara was streaming earlier to, to earlier today. Um, now Dara, I believe is in, is on the other side of the pond. So it's, uh, it's much later over there, but, uh, good to see you. Welcome in. Hope you're doing well. Y'all give, give a follow to Dara Hayden music as well in the chat. If you're watching on Twitch tonight, and even if you're not watching on Twitch tonight, go over to his channel and give him a follow there too. So, uh, um, we are sitting on 57 points in the, in the central Michigan NIU game. And can I want one more point? <laughs> can we get one more point? At this game, they just, they went for two and then they got it and they called it back uh, the penalty. Oh man. So I don't know if you saw that. Reminds me of Monday night. Fucking, <laughs> I had forty six <laughs> points for my our pool, my tiebreaker, and of course McPherson misses that extra point and it ends right on forty five, which is what the other guy have. But whatever, um, stuff that no one really understands about us three. It's I hate it makes me so annoyed when that happens. But anyway, I digress. One other thing I'm going to say before we get to Andy, I think the kicker was just as pretty much the reason why the Panthers lost that game. Because even with the helmet penalty, I mean, you generally could kick a 47-yard field goal in a dome, right? So that kicker was trash, to be honest with you. Like, he messed it up in the overtime, too. They could have won the game there as well. It was a much shorter field goal, and he missed that, too. So just a tough spot. But as you said, John, I think a lot of reason to be encouraged with the with the Panthers these days. So over to Andy, and let's get your thoughts on last week's action. Yeah. Um, watch out for the Browns. Watch out for the Browns. Uh, that's, that's my takeaway after Monday night. No, I'm being a little facetious. But what's funny about the Browns is they, they own Joe Burrow. Joe Burrow is 0-4 against the Browns. The Browns are three and five, and five of those losses, like they lost to the Jets by a point. They lost. They have like a couple other games where they lost by a field goal. Another game where they lost by two points. And Deshaun Watson comes back in like three weeks, so legit, 
watch out for the Browns. I'm not going to watch out for the Browns, but people are going to start saying watch out for the Browns. Um, but I, not me. But I, I did take them on Monday just because getting three and a half, Monday game, blah, 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 Bengals, no Jamal Chase. Um, and they, they actually kind of killed the Bengals. So watch out for the Browns. But um, as for the rest of the week, if you were a clown living on the West Coast, getting up at 6.30 to watch Jacksonville-Denver, you might have issues. But I did because I have issues. Um, and that game was just so gross until until Denver – they had the lead and Jacksonville couldn't do anything with it. Denver went three and out three times in a row. Then Jacksonville ended up taking the lead. And then Russell Wilson actually made – couple deep plays just an absolute just dunce versus dunce um trevor lawrence he's okay um he he hasn't taken that next step he still doesn't throw the ball with any touch travis etn is a beast though for fantasy purposes and uh just just can't quit watching these bronco games because you just it's a marvelous train wreck. I, I can't stop watching them. <laughs> um, Celtics lose by one. Fucking fucks. Where were you? What was you? Did you have them with the spread? Fuck. Yeah. Oh, giving okay. two. Giving two. But um, mm. everything's cool. I can just <laughs> text my friend. Go DJ two. <laughs> See how it's like. I was just. <laughs> All right. Fuck. <laughs> <sighs> but um okay talk about the nfl <laughs> so yeah the um uh the 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 entertaining game that wasn't the falcon panther game um was like i i thought the lions dolphins was kind of entertaining because the lions went up like i think they were up like 21 7 or 24 7 at one point and then the dolphins just kind of turned it on and Poor Dan Campbell. So kind of not bearing the lead here. Like if Aaron Rodgers and Green Bay can't take out a season, half season or 41% of a season's frustration on the, on the lions, then I don't know, but I, I might hammer the Packers giving three and a half against the hapless lions uh, in a couple days. Cause yeah, I, the lions just can't, they can't figure it out. I know they had like that three week stretch where they were scoring 40 points a game or whatever, but I don't think Dan Campbell's is cut out for a long tenure with the lions. Um, but yeah, good, good for the dolphins to, to figure it out because yeah, they started the game pretty ugly. Uh, that Pat's jets game was just very frustrating for both jet fans and Pat fans. If you're a jet fan, you're like, what the heck is Kyle Wilson doing throwing these awful picks? Uh, you can get away with throwing those throws at BYU on a Thursday night, like tonight, if you're playing a team like Coastal Carolina or or UNLV. But in the NFL, you're, you're going to get intercepted when you throw like a jackass. And you threw like a jackass. Now, if you're a Patriot fan, you're like, we got all these turnovers and still had to fight tooth and nail to kind of 
win and cover. And they needed every one of Nick Folk's five field goals. That was annoying if you're a Patriot fan. They just continue to sputter and stall. And uh, they, they just don't have any sustainability with these drives. And they don't make explosive plays. And Mac Jones holds the ball too long. And he should have – that game should have been 17-3. to three. Um, He threw a pick six. And by the letter of the law, there was roughing the passer, but it, it didn't affect his throw. In, in a lot of other dimensions, that game is 17-3 to three with a minute left in the first half. And the Patriots don't come back from that. They don't. Not this year's Patriots. Not the way they move the ball. So they're lucky. They're lucky to cover. They're lucky to win. They're lucky Kyle Wilson threw three interceptions. Uh, and now they're – they're four and four, and we'll see what happens against Indianapolis. Uh, Indianapolis, Washington, actually was an entertaining game. I know a lot of a lot of people watched it. Uh, I watched it, but yeah, that, instead of Carson Wentz and Matt Ryan, it was Taylor Henneke and Sam Ellinger, and uh, Washington actually kind of pulled that game out of their ass. They were down nine with like six minutes left and got the job done. So good for them, good for Ron Rivera, and uh, we'll see what happens for them moving forward. Uh, how about those Las Vegas Raiders? The egg of all eggs mm-hmm. of, week, of week eight belongs to them. And what I was talking about recency bias, uh, the week before I was that fool to take – well, I wasn't the fool. I'm always the fool. But I took the Saints that Thursday night game against – Arizona and Andy Dalton's just threw another pick six in that game. <laughs> and uh, yeah, like that game was just an absolute <laughs> joke. And so I'm like, all right, well, I'm going to take yeah. the Raiders. And Andy Dalton did not throw any pick sixes against the Raiders. And they just, Alvin Kamara had a great game. It's amazing what the Saints can do when Andy Dalton's not throwing pick sixes all over the, the ball field. So Good job by the Saints, a terrible job by the Raiders. And um, Minnesota, Arizona, that game was was so on script. Oh, you see the game where Arizona falls behind. They do nothing in the first quarter because Cliff Kingsbury's a fucking ignoramus. Yep, well, that happened again. And what happened in the second half? They get back into the game, like should win outright, cover, and then they gag it, Kyler Murray, and won it. Before they had, they had like backdoor chance after backdoor chance after backdoor chance. And the second to last chance, he uh, threw short of the first down marker, like only Kyler Murray could. <laughs> and so, but Minnesota gave him another chance. So, um, I will. I'm going to take the Seahawks next week for 72 hours. That's well, I'm opposite of bearing the lead. I'm spoiling the lead and that will be a pick because I'm taking the Seahawks getting the points against Dingleberry Kingsbury, but that was an entertaining (laughs) game. Um, Yeah. They, they, the Seahawks kind of expose the giants. You know, what's funny. Metcalf was uh, all the innuendo about DK Metcalf was that he was going to miss like extended time and he's in the lineup. Now on the other side of the coin, like James Connors, like questionable, questionable, questionable. 
And all he has, all he's done the last four weeks is not play. So you got a guy that's like, oh, he's definitely not playing. And then he ends up playing. And you get all these guys that are like practicing all week. And then they don't end up, they don't end up suiting up. It drives you nuts if you're a fantasy geek like Matt Berry. But um, it was nice to see DK Metcalf play. That game was interesting because uh, Tyler Lockett had like a horrendous game. He, he fumbled the ball. Uh, which gifted the Giants' uh, first touchdown. And then he dropped, like, one of the most, like, perfectly thrown passes by Geno Smith for a touchdown. But then the next drive, he, he gets a touchdown and, and makes up for his two foibles. So that's that's sports. You got to love it sometimes. And, um, yeah, it was, a, it was a good slate. Yeah, oh, the Rams. Yeah, Dave, you were right. Like, McVay just – he just cannot handle Shanahan. And uh, even, I know he won the NFC championship game, but uh, the 49ers covered um, just for them to just go completely in a shell after halftime and not even compete, not even compete. And I know McCaffrey's good, but you made him look like Otis Thorpe or Jim <laughs> Thorpe out there. He was throwing for a touchdown. He was catching touchdowns. He was rushing for touchdowns. And he looked like he, he, uh, he's only been for Sam. He's only been on San Francisco for three weeks, but he looked like he, he like, he must've soaked that playbook because yeah, he, they made him, he made him, they made him look all world. And I, I guess he is when he's health, healthy. So, you know, 49ers, they get a, um, they, they sometimes get, underlooked or underappreciated because Garoppolo Garoppolo's kind of a ding ding and you know Shanahan still has that 28-3 OC of the Falcons uh black cloud hanging over his head but you know what they did last year in the playoffs was pretty impressive and they're always they're never at 100% like they're never at 100% always banged up with injuries so um, but they're 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 dangerous, especially now because of all these teams that were expected to be good. Like on paper, last August, we're like, "Wow, Rams, 49ers is going to lead us into Bills, Packers, and then next week, which is this week, we're going to get Rams, Bucks. Wow, what a great schedule!" And like, yeah, we're obviously going to watch and have a great time, but like. Rams Bucks with Nance and Romo doesn't have the same gravitas as it did when the schedule first came out because Tom's sad and divorced and whatever, and they just look completely out of sync with Todd Bowles. And yeah, the that's like a very depressing matchup. Like Rams and Bucks, like just two teams saddled in their own malaise. But uh, one of them's gonna win. And yeah, that's that's basically that's my recap. Um, not a not a ton of the great teams had buys last week, so it was it was entertaining and it was uh, good from a gambling standpoint. So ready to get back at it. I love it, um, Andy. The chat is really very much interested, very much a fan of your of your of your presence so far. Um, in, in the couple of weeks you've had, we've been on Twitch, so I'll catch up on chat. Uh, Dara Hayden music has meltdown dash. Everything's cool. <laughs> oh, yeah. That was regarding the earlier scenario. Oh um, yeah. <laughs> folks, it's 
it's why we love him though but it's it's a good it's good times let's see uh swim says he's consistent <laughs> chat's already figured has already caught on to all the yeah that's that's let's see turbo swim says listen the new call of duty dropped arizona did their best between rounds remember <laughs> as far as the uh as far as the cardinals and then uh swim says tell me how you really feel about <laughs> We could get real blue with him. <laughs> but uh, I'm, I'm so glad that we have some folks here in the chat tonight. So, y'all, thank you very much for you for hanging out with us this evening. It's really cool. Um, all right. So if you have any, by the way, anybody in the chat, if you have any, if you have any, um, if you have any picks of your own, if you'd like to share them with us, feel free to put them in the chat too. So good times but uh it's a fun journey for all of us we all go through these things so let's not single andy out on this because like uh, here i am sitting on o- over under 57 and they've been sitting on that for like five minutes and all these chances what a tease that was we end up with you're not push. gonna get it dave you're gonna no, get a push it okay. like, it's gonna be a push it's okay push is better than nothing but and take andy's reaction and then me times 10 looking at my phone with the tcu west virginia game on saturday like it was i couldn't believe it right like, yeah yeah so we all we all have it, we all sure. have it yeah definitely. and if you remember Ron when when you know back back in the day when Ron was going off on Rutgers kicking a field goal down twenty three nothing <laughs> I'll never forget that <laughs> so uh, let's see um so we can play this one one of two ways we can either go right to the picks or do you want or do we want to do the featured games for the NFL this week it's up to you guys your show Dave yeah whatever you want to do. I get that response a lot. All right. So let's just quickly look at this because we do have some sad sack matchups to run down in football this week. Andy, you're absolutely you're, you're dead right about the Rams and Bucks. Like it's kind of that it's sad. It's sad to see these teams. They're just like That's a sad list, Dave. I, know. I think <laughs> two of those spread two of those games are over ten point spreads. <laughs> I just I couldn't figure out what to do. It was just like, what was I gonna do? Put one game on this thing? <laughs> you should put put Seattle cards on there. Okay, yeah. I probably could do that. Yeah, let me add that there. Let me see. Um, but uh, yeah, all right. So let's let's get into it. Yeah, I mean, I think Bills just does have potential actually because the Jets were you know they almost beat they almost beat the Patriots last week. So possibly, I mean, it would take a lot. It definitely would take a lot. For the Jets in that scenario, um, you got to give the Titans a lot of credit for the week for the win last week against the Kansas City. I'm sorry, the Titans for the week win last week against whoever the hell they played, but they they seem to be to do pretty well last week against. Was it Indianapolis? I'm trying to remember who they beat, but yeah, yeah, okay, okay, cool. So um, as that the, the as the panel were requesting, I will put. I'll go ahead and put the. Uh, yeah, I think that's true. Like it's the Seahawks. They're in Arizona. The first place Seahawks. True story, yeah. That offense is legit. That offense is the real thing. I I think you guys, you, we've you've all been on top of this one. Um, so let me figure out where this is. Go to five oh six and figure this out. Um, they are on. Yeah, you could even put Chargers Falcons on there. Well, we just yeah, talked about. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> That's an interesting call. I don't know. I mean, I I think I like the Falcons. I like, but. The Chargers just don't seem like a good team. That's why I'm kind of stuck with I I I don't know. That's a that's an interesting question. I don't know. Okay, so let me go ahead and uh, <laughs> let me update this the, this chart for a second. Uh just give me just a second I can do this. So, um but yeah, this is what we got. We got Bills versus Jets, Vikings Commanders. You know, 
I I don't think that Heineke's a good quarterback, but I do think that he's a better fit for this team because they seem to really like him and they just play more cohesively when he's there. And it sh- it bore out. If I had known that Heineke was playing, I would have absolutely have been on the commanders of the points. I didn't know that. I thought it was going to be um I thought it was going to be Wentz again. But no, they get went with Heineke. They they it wasn't pretty, but they won the game against the against the Colts. So you never know. Like we'll see what happens with the Vikings and and them. Um, I just need to. Uh, what happened over here? Go. Okay. Cool. Um, but anyway, let's just get right to it. Uh, John, I'll go to you first. What do you think as far as this week's action? I'll update the the uh, the list of games in just a minute. Yeah, you have a lot of teams on buys. Like there's six teams on buys, so like your amount of inventory is much less, and that's why you only have the. The two four o'clock games, which is such bullshit. You have the um, the that Rams Bucks game, and then you have the Seahawks and Cardinals. So, like, there's no point in having NFL Red Zone for the, for the four o'clock games. There's only just the two. Um, but yeah, that Rams Bucks game is pretty sad. It's like, which one of the the, the kind of the favorite teams in the NFC is going to fall even farther? I, I have no idea. I think the unders are going to play in that game. Both offenses look really pathetic over the last month or so, um, you know, the Rams have no offensive line. The Bucks' offensive line is miserable. What the hell is McVay doing having Cup in the game down 17 points with a minute left? And he hurt his ankle, so who knows if he's going to play. And if he's like their whole offense, it, that's just going to be an ugly game. I I see on the under is like 42 and a half. That would be my pick for that game at the moment. Who, who knows who's going to win? But it's going to be like 20 to 17 or something like that. Um, if, if, if that, if anyone can even get to 20, it's, it's going to be, it's going to be a rough watch. Um, I don't think the bills, I'm sorry. I don't think the jets can hang with the bills offense. I mean, Zach Wilson, they're like winning in, in spite of him or they were winning in spite of him before last week's game. Honestly, like I never thought I'd say this, but like they should consider putting Flacco in if they actually want to like have a, a decent season because Zach Wilson ain't it right now. Um, he's just making way too many turnovers. They, they're not going down the field. It's it just it's just rough. I mean, at least Flacco, he's a statue. He can still throw the ball down the field. We saw that in that miracle uh, comeback against the Browns, and um, you know he still got his you know arm strength. So the rest of the Jets team is pretty good. Uh, losing Brees Hall was huge, though. That's kind of why like I really liked Patriots this past week. Is just the Jets were just completely neutered offensively. Um, but yeah, the Bills should be able to to win the game. I mean. Covering 12 and a half on the road. I mean, I don't know if I want to lay down lay those kind of points. I think I stay away from that one. Um, we'll see who's playing Sunday night football for quarterback with Tennessee. If it's Malik Willis, I'll lay the points with Kansas City for sure. Um, so I'll definitely lay those points. Tannehill, eh, I don't know. I Rabel's a good coach as an underdog. And I feel like if Tannehill plays there's an, at least enough of a threat of like some of those play action stuff that they can do off of the, the Henry runs that they could probably keep this, keep it within like, you know, around 10 points. Um, so we'll have to, we'll have to keep an eye on his staff. So if Malik Willis is playing, like we're going to, you got to hammer the chiefs in this spot for sure. Cause it's, <laughs> they're not going to go up against the Houston Texans defense where you just run the ball 50, 50 times and, you know, get out of there with a touchdown win. Like that's just not going to work. Um, the Monday night game is actually pretty interesting. Baltimore at New Orleans. I mean, if New Orleans plays like they did at last Sunday, like they they can easily win this game. I mean, the Ravens have been so up and down. 
you know, again, the Monday night home dog, I think I might catch on to that, to that angle. And it does, it's kind of, it's only Baltimore minus two and a half. It's like, Oh, they're kind of, kind of begging you there to take Ravens. Um, I think bears and dolphins is a really interesting game, especially because the bears just traded away. Like they're two best defensive players, right. Smith and um, uh, Quinn. So, I mean, their defense is going to be severely depleted. And then Miami just trades for Chubb. And um, they traded for one of those, uh, Jeff Wilson. So lots of movement here between this game. But I am actually impressed of how the Bears kind of reimagined their offense after their bye week. And now they have feels like really running, uh, you know, with the design QB run plays and then also just kind of designing like you know, play actions and whatever off of that. It's been really effective the first two weeks. So as long as the weather is good, I think that's a really good over game. I think it's, I see 46 now. I'll just, obviously we'll check the weather in Chicago um, in November, but if it's clear weather, I think that's the, I think over is the play on that one. Um, you know, Colts and Patriots, Ellinger's going to start again. I saw Jonathan Taylor might not play. If that's the case, like, I don't know how the Colts are going to score in this game. Um, but I don't know how the Patriots are going to score much either. Like this could be 14 to seven or 14 to 10. It, it, it's going to be an ugly game. Um, yeah, I agree. Yeah, the Seahawks, I think yeah, that's where you have to go here against Cliff. Um, and then a couple other games I didn't mention that we'll, we'll get to in our, our pick segment, but yeah, not a lot of games this week just because of the buys, but Hey, you know, it's the NFL. Well, whatever they watch, whatever they give us, we'll watch. Although tomorrow night, like, Eagles minus fourteen and at Houston, like count me out. I rather, I rather watch the uh, college games. Andy mentions uh, Coastal and App State, and then you have some Conference USA action. Don't forget UTEP and Rice. We will be in on that game as well. So we'll be with the college football. And- minor nation. Yeah, minor nation, baby. Let's go. <laughs> all right, John. Well, that's uh, that's pretty well that's well situated. Thank you very much for for breaking it all down. Yeah, that's cool. Get to bet on UTEP too. That's that's good stuff. Yes, uh, you didn't you call it with Rice like last week too, or was it the week before? No, I had Charlotte beating Rice. Well, I said possibly uh, money line, and they won. But mm-hmm. my pick was spread. So yeah, I don't know what I'm going to do for that game tomorrow. I mean, Rice minus three and a half. I'll have to th- I'll have to sleep on that one. I'm still kind of up in the air on on that game. But yeah, love the Conference USA. Yeah, good times. All right, so uh, now let's uh, let's see. Uh, yeah, Chuckwilson said the league is just so mediocre, with the exception of five or so teams. And I was also adding to that in the chat. There, I feel like there are only like two consistently good quarterbacks, right? Like it would be Allen and, and Mahomes. After that, I just I just never I don't I don't really know if there's even like ones who are playing well. Like I'm not sure if they're going to keep playing well throughout the rest of the year. So as we think about that, let's go to Andy. Let's get your thoughts on this week's action. You you, you, you put more respect on Geno Smith's names, my friend. Well, that's fair. That's fair. He's having a great year. That is fair. He is. That's fair. He is. Fair. I can't go. So we have a family bet. Well, not – it's a, the over five and a half win. So they just can't go 0-9 at this point. Yeah. So just don't go 0-9. And, and then we could – party but um tomorrow's game eagles texans like eagles are minus 14 on the road um like that line kind of reminds me of like the like the 07 patriots when they were given all those points like that's a crazy line in the nfl 
I almost have to take the Texans. I've taken the Texans way too many times this year. I'm sorry. Like I suck, but I, I, I can't help myself sometimes. I can't quit them. I did take Tennessee last week. Malik six out of ten. That's not that's not going to get the job done against the Chiefs, but uh, they they got away with it against the the Texans last week. But um, yeah, this upcoming week. I mean, yeah, we're gonna we're gonna be on the couch from uh, nine a.m. to eight thirty p.m. here watching these games. But uh, you know, in terms of uh, on the on paper, like these juicy games, like, yeah, Rams and Bucks was penciled in when they made the schedule is juicy, but I, I don't know. I'll probably take the Rams just because um, I've taken Tom Brady. I took Tom Brady last week and he looked like dung and I don't know, but then you're like, you're taking McBay and he keeps saying the same thing week after week. Like, Oh, like the plays are there. We just have to make them like, yeah, well, it's a two-part question, man. Like, he actually, but uh, in Stafford, uh, he he looks like he's got this lingering issue with. He doesn't look a hundred percent, but I don't know. Tampa looks just two heavily flawed teams that uh, I don't know. But we're gonna make a heavy bet because it's like this Sunday afternoon game. And we're gonna be sinking or swimming. And then, yeah, the other game at that same time is Seahawks-Cardinals, and we'll talk about that when we make our picks. Um, I feel like Tennessee, uh, if Tannehill plays, and I don't have the book in front of me, Eddie, can you look at it up? But uh, the Titans always – I get the feeling, maybe I'm just misremembering, that they always kind of hang with KC pretty tight. I know they beat them outright once uh, because I lost on the Chiefs. I was like, what the fuck? How the, what the hell are the Titans doing? But um, I don't know. That That's a 12-and-a-half-point spread right now based on the uncertainty of the quarterback situation. Um, Falcons, Chargers, that's – I mean, that game on paper is wonky versus wonky. Um, that could be like every Charger game known to man combined with that Panther – Falcon game from last week, you know, last coup, the, the former charger kicker is now the Falcon kicker. So could come, could come down to him in some capacity. I can see that. Can't, why, why not? That game's gonna, I, I guarantee that game's going to have some walkiness and bills jets. Yeah. I, on paper, I'm probably got to take the bills. You, the thing now with the bills that, I mean, you don't worry about, but you have pause for concern if you gamble on them. Is like, do they get a little laissez faire like we saw on Sunday against Green Bay? Like that second pick by Josh Allen, like he usually doesn't make that interception, but he did. Um, and then, yeah, to rewind, like when are you ever going to get 10 and a half points with Aaron Rodgers again? Never? Okay. That's why he took Aaron Rodgers on Sunday because he got 10 and a half points. So, um, but I, yeah, if the Bills are motivated and they, they they should be able to beat the Jets by that number, I can already see myself doing a money line parlay with the Bills or tease, teasing it down. But um, yeah, and then, yeah, John's right. I think that, that, that Miami-Chicago game has the potential to be sneaky. 
I watched way too much of that Cowboy Chicago game on Sunday, and for, like the Bears made it a game for like ten seconds, and then uh, Dallas scored, and then they uh, Chicago had that like very fluky pick six where Fields like like forgot to tackle the guy. He like he was right there, and the Dallas guy was never contacted. So he, it's not college. He can get up and run the ball, which he did all the way to the end zone. And Fields forgot to touch. And uh, our friend JB on the Twitter was like, Fields has a mental IQ of it, you know. So, but he, he, to be fair, Fields should have touched him, but he didn't. So um, all that to say, the the Miami Chicago game has the potential to be to be sneaky good, but we'll see. And yeah, if I were uh, if I wasn't a Patriot like Homer, I probably would take the the Colts. I don't see how the Patriots cover this right now, um, just with Mac Jones being so indecisive. And I I do I'm not trying to mush John's team. I, I do think the Packers take out a lot of frustrations on the Lions. Um, here, real quick, I want to do the where's Jim and Tony going to be next week because it is it is thin picking for them. So next week, the uh, Fox has the 425 game, and that is Dallas at Green Bay, which means Jim and Tony do the CBS game in the morning. But what's it going to be? It's I'm looking at right now. Is it going to be Denver, Tennessee? Is it going to be oh, Cleveland, looking- Miami? Yeah, I know. We're going that Because by next week, we're already going to know what, what he's going to do. I'm just asking you guys. Oh, next week, had. Ah. next week, Joni. Next week, Jim and Tony. Is it going to be Denver, Tennessee? Is it going to be Cleveland, Miami? Quite, wow. Is it going to be Houston, New York Giants? These are all the CBS games. I looked at them. Looked okay. them up. Or is it going to be okay. Jaguars, Chiefs? I don't know. Like, Man. maybe it's My, Jags, Chiefs. I would say the Jags, Chiefs, or uh, Dolphins, Browns. Those would be my two guesses. Yeah. I'm gonna if say Deshaun Watson was back, it'd be Dolphins Browns without without hesitation. But that's rough. Yeah, that's rough for Tony and Jim. I know we're because I just wanted to ask you guys because by next week we'll know. Based have on they ever they have never like taken a week off, right? Like they would just not like not use them. For <laughs> I was thinking about that because sometimes Joe Joe Buck would get the week off. Yeah, because when he's doing uh, his baseball and everything else, they would they would you know, but would they would they really just tell? <laughs> Jim and Tony, yeah, I take a week off and see you in week eleven. <laughs> yeah, because I was thinking because I I'm such a I'm such a loser with these things. So I was look for Thanksgiving week. So Tony and Jim do Bills Lions on Thanksgiving morning for the West Coast, but at noon for the East Coast. And then I was looking at that Sunday night of or Sunday of Thanksgiving weekend. So Fox has the late window. And that's Rams at Chiefs, which means Tony and Jim would do Sunday at one. And the Sunday at one CBS inventory is pretty good. Maybe it's Bengals Titans. It's probably Bengals and Titans. Just looking at it right now. Man. Yeah. Tough sledding. <laughs> no but- one's feeling bad for Nance and in Romo, but yeah. it's so like you it's see a completely unrelated Nance is a, uh, He's no longer going to parachute into college basketball anymore. So this is going to be his last Final Four, and he's going to hand it off to Ian Eagle. It's going to be the uh, CBS Final Four guy starting in. Um, it would be 2024. And honestly, I think that's a. I think it's a good move. I think you know Ian Eagle deserves it. He's he's a really good college basketball play-by-play guy. So I can't I can't disagree with that decision. 
Yep, I love Ian, the yep. Birdman. Yep, he's great. And his son is doing like college football and even did an NFL games. It's crazy. He sounds like it sounds and looks just like his, yep. his dad. Noah, he's crazy. He's good. Yeah, he is good. Like I think that's the biggest thing is that he's. Even though you know you would think that there's a nepotism scenario, but he's his his quality announcer too. He's no Jack Collinsworth. He <laughs> deserved it. Jack Collinsworth, that's a name I remember seeing. Yeah, that that guy's a clown. So yeah, very 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 cool to see that. It's it's nice to see the legacy continue, um, and that's good. Yeah, I agree. I mean, because Nance was barely doing anything at that at that point with college basketball. Like he used to do like one or two games. Before he the, would just come in for the Big Ten tournament, and then he would just carry it over into the yeah. NCAA tournament. At least Ian Eagle, like you see him on a Saturday in February, calling you know a Big yep. Ten game. You know he's 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 doing it all year at least. So yeah, uh, yeah. you know definitely a good move. Definitely knows the sport better too, from my point of view, just because he's he does the Nets like during the regular season. So like the, like so he's he's definitely a good basketball guy. So. Um, great stuff all around. So let's now get to the picks, and we're gonna start. We'll keep it with you, John. Let's get your picks for week week nine in the NFL. All right, we'll go quick. This is this is gonna be probably the two ugliest picks I've made all year. <laughs> but hey, we gotta find some winners here. Um, first pick, we're gonna take the Commanders plus three and a half at home against the Vikings. I think the point you made about uh, Heineke maybe not being up the better quarterback, but he's like a better fit for this Washington team. There's just a chemistry that he has with the team that Wentz didn't have, um, you know, especially with Terry McLaurin, you know, you just, just see that connection late in these games. Like they just kind of have that, you know, they're reading each other's minds on, the, on these crit- critical downs. And, um, you know, he's just been kind of a, uh, hasn't done anything really, he, he's made a couple bad plays, but he's also made some really great plays in, in the clutch and I think um, you're getting a, a you know over a field goal here. I think the half is is really important um, at home and to kind of continue the momentum that they've been building the last few weeks. Um, the Vikings might be the most fraudulent seven and one team in the NFL. I know they're winning the games and they play who they put in front of them, but like every single game is like coming down to one possession basically, and they're going on the road here. I think um, I know it's not much of a field advantage in Washington, but still, I mean, there's something to be said. Like you're not playing in your home. Home environment. I think they can. Uh, the Washington defensive line has been really good. They can stop the run, and then uh, put the game on Kirk Cousins. And we all know that's maybe not the, um, you know, the best plan for Minnesota. I just think this will be a close game, and we're going to take the three and a half. All the points here uh, with Washington at home. Uh, maybe even get the outright win, but hey, I'll take a field goal loss. So, um, giving Washington plus three and a half, and then pick two. Man, this is this is really bad, but. You know what? We're just playing kind of a, a system slash theory here. We're going to take the Raiders minus one and a half in Jacksonville. My my two angles for this bet: number one, the Jags coming back from London, not taking a bye. Every team that has done this so far has been trailing in the fourth quarter. Packers were horrible against the Jets the week after playing the Giants in London. The Giants, they did end up making the comeback against the Ravens um, the, the, the following week. They were down 10 in the fourth quarter. Um, there were some other instances. I, I saw the stat, but I, I, I have to go back and look at the actual uh, scenarios. But those are the two times it's happened, um, at least the, from the, the Packers and Giants game. Uh, so it's just a huge travel advantage for um, 
for uh, the Raiders in this in this spot. And then plus, you always want to like kind of do the buy low, sell high. You couldn't go any lower than what the Raiders just did last week, uh, getting shut out in New Orleans. So we're gonna flip them, or you know, they're gonna flip it around this week, and they're obviously gonna give a much better effort. And then just in general, I mean, Jacksonville started off the season hot. I think they were ranked really highly in like the metrics, like the DVOA that you sometimes read about. It's like analytics based, all kinds of crap like that. Like they're in the top ten of both offense and defense. And since then, they've slipped. Like, you know, they're like. 25th to 30th in offensive defense and they're just finding ways to lose games and uh, we'll take the Raiders on the bounce back spot plus with the Jags with the, the just the difficult travel scenario from London I think it adds up to um, Raiders win it's going to be ugly but we'll take it uh, Vegas minus one and a half and Washington plus three and a half or week number nine in the NFL all right John thanks so much for those picks and good luck to both of those the Raiders would be continuing a theme of the Jaguars not winning close games. And you pointed that out to me, like, I think it was last week and when we were talking about the Jags and the Giants. Like, they cannot win a close game. And it happened again against Denver. I'm like, if you can't beat Denver in a close game, you cannot win a close game. Like, you can't, you, how can you not beat Denver? Man, that was rough. Anyway, let's continue the picks. We're going to go to Ron's picks next. And here's what we got for Ron in New Jersey, week nine of the NFL. It will it will begin with this. He's going to go to the sad sack matchup of the week, the <laughs> Nansen Romo game on CBS. And he's going to – wait, is this on CBS? Yeah, I guess it is on CBS. Okay, they do that. It sometimes. is, yeah. Uh, so uh, – Gonna go. He's gonna go with the Bucks, giving three at home against the Rams. And honestly, I'm not one to disagree on that one. I've been down on the Rams all season. I see no reason for that not to happen. Um, well, okay, because Tom Brady's like playing like butt. That's the reason. But still, I just think <laughs> I just think that of the two, I think the Bucks might be the more complete team. But I'm not gonna speak for Ron here. That's his pick. Pick number two for Ron in New Jersey. He's gonna go with the Packers, giving three and a half at the Lions. So the picks for Ron in New Jersey, Bucks giving three, Packers giving three and a half for week nine in the NFL. Okay, so now to Kevin on the Capes picks, and here they come. Here we go. So Kevin first will go with, he's going to take the Seahawks, which I feel, I make a bold prediction. I think we're going to see the checker and a checker in here in a little bit, but Seahawks getting two at the Cardinals. That's pick number one. Oh, no, no, no. no. Oh, geez. I'm on the wrong. I'm the wrong picks. Okay. never mind. His first pick is actually Eagles giving 14 at the Texans. There we go. So that's bold in and of itself. We'll see where it goes uh, tomorrow night. Uh, The second pick for Kevin on the Cape. He's going to go with the Patriots giving five and a half at home against the Colts. So for Kevin on the Cape, it's Eagles giving 14 and Pat and Patriots giving five and a half for week nine. Trying to bounce back here for Kevin on the Cape in week nine of the NFL. Okay. Now, the reason I got a little mixed up there is because the next set of picks are my picks. And here we go. Here's what we got. What we've got for week, week nine here. And it's a couple bangers here. Number one, I think I, I'm going to ride the Seahawks too. They've been good to me. Like, I, I like them against the Chargers. They won by a billion points. I like them against – we all like them against the Giants. That's that's not just me. Everybody loved them, and we all won that one. This week they're going to be at the Cardinals. Let's ride the train. I think that offense looks really good. 
it's a good spot. Hopefully they'll come through. So Seahawks getting two, game number one. Game number two continues a trend that goes back like well right about two decades. And that is Andy Reid coming off a bye. How can you not take Andy Reid coming off a bye? We're going to go with the Chiefs giving 12 as of the moment. If the line has changed, let us let me know. But uh, Chiefs giving 12 in prime time at uh, Kansas City against the Titans. I'm, I'm, I'm in. Let's go. So Seahawks plus two, Chiefs minus 12 for me in week nine, NFL. Okay, so now to Andy in Seattle. And we're ready when you are for the week nine picks. Yeah, so two th- quick things before my quick picks. Uh, I'm curious to know. I don't think they did because I looked it up, but I didn't see anything. But maybe I didn't look closely. I wonder if the Raiders, like the Raiders played New Orleans last week, and now they're playing at Jacksonville. So I wonder if they found them. I would have just tried to stay out yeah. like east. But I didn't find any articles of them going back to Oakland or staying east but well maybe they did fly back to, well never mind it's vegas so maybe they just flew back to vegas but um i was thinking oakland Woo. losing my brain because when the, the seahawks came home in between trips to detroit and new orleans both of those are in the central but they they definitely came back to seattle but i don't know i know the 49ers love staying east they, they like set up shop in like west virginia but anyway um I know they they try to do that now for the West Coast team when they they have to take two road trips to the East. They try to like lump them together. But uh, and then this other thing I was going to mention, I would never have guessed the uh, the thirty first worst team uh, red zone efficiency is your Seattle Seahawks. But um, they're only scoring a touchdown forty percent of the time. Uh, the other the last team, which is not a surprise, is the Denver Broncos. 29th is New England, tied with Tampa. Um, it's just wow. New England does not surprise me. Denver does not surprise me. This Seahawks do, but they're getting away with it. Um, maybe I'll come back to hunt them at some point. But anyway, my picks. Uh, yeah, they're checker on a checker with two of our uh, fellow uh, friends on this show. Uh, game number one. I'm going to take the Packers giving three and a half to Detroit. We basically already made our reasons for it. Uh, the Lions, are, they're lo- they were lovable. They they had the hard knock show. Everyone likes Dan Campbell because he says weird things like, I, I'll i eat a kneecap. I'll, I drink 10 cups of coffee before my first donut. He says weird stuff, and he's, he's a lovable meathead. But, man, he's not a good coach, and the Lions are – you know, not a very good team, and uh, Green Bay is—they have to be pissed. And you know, Rogers is—he's very moody, and his body language isn't—you know—isn't rah 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 all the time. But he's still Aaron Rodgers, and Lafleur—I mean, before the series, his regular season record is off the charts. They gotta take out a season worth of frustration on the Lions. And I'm putting my money on it. Put my pick on it. So give me the Green Bay Packers minus three and a half game number one. Game number two. Checker on a checker with Dave with the Seahawks getting two. Listen, I know 
they're gonna they're gonna lose eventually. They're gonna have an ugly moment. Their only ugly moment, I would say, from a game standpoint, was week two at San Francisco, and then uh, the game against the Saints was pretty ugly too. Uh, they lost thirty-seven to thirty-two. They didn't cover. They 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 had that game won outright if they just played a little bit of defense. But I'm I'm taking the Seahawks because it's an anti-Kingsbury pick. John's had this theory for a while. You you take the Cardinals when they're getting points. You bet against the Cardinals when they're giving points, and uh, that's what we're doing. The Seahawks defense is actually they seem to be trending and playing a little better. Um, they're not getting gashed every play like they were in September. They, uh, if you've watched the Cardinals all year, you know. The other thing I'm probably going to do, I'll probably bet Seahawks first quarter and first half like a complete degenerate because the Cardinals traditionally have come out flat as a pancake every single game this year, and they just show Kingsbury looking at his freaking chart. Like he has no idea what's going on, and then someone has to tell him, "Hey, Cliff, it's Sunday, and there's a game going on." Oh, okay, but um, you know, Pete and Gino, they're having a great time, and just the vibes are just—they're—they're they're well. And I know uh, a lot of like people thought the Giants were gonna win uh, last week. Like our friend P. Dot, who was—he's uh, a New York Giant beat writer. He, he was interviewed by the Seahawks uh, or the Seattle radio guys. Or, never mind. They were, he was just like, the only way the Seahawks can win is if they run the ball well. The Giants, on the other hand, they can win if Daniel Jones throw. Just, but anyway, um, go Seahawks plus two, uh, week nine NFL. Let's do it, Andy. Thanks again, and good luck. Yeah, I, 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 I think I – I mean – Again, I, I don't want to mush anything, but I, I think that it's it's really neat to see where we all are at uh, as far as where we're leaning with all these games. I think there's definitely – as you go through the season, it gets easier. and you, I'm not, not going to say easier, but you can get a better idea of like where teams are. Um, so it's a, it's a pretty good – you some pretty fun, fun directions to go. And so here we go. We're going to go ahead into week, ten, week 9 of the NFL, week 10 of college football. Uh, Brian Harson was fired over the weekend. I don't know if you all have anything to say about him. He was he was just a disaster from the jump. Like he he was just it just felt like I was reading the college preview magazine and they were talking about him getting fought the hot seat. He didn't, he's not even started yet. So um I don't know. John, do you have anything at all to say about Harson? He was a clown. Like I, I think we all kind of called it in a way. It was just a bad fit from the start. Like I don't know yeah. if he had any southern ties or anything like that they just plucked him from boise state like all right let's throw him in there and see if he can coach in the sec it, it just didn't make any sense to begin with so i'm not they want they try to get him out after last season he somehow survived they 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 you know there's like an alleged scandal of him having an affair with some grad assistant or something or something like that and they tried to get him out that way but it didn't happen and sure enough like they season hasn't been going well so you know can his ass but yeah it was just a bad fit from the start so we'll see We'll see where they go from here. The rumors are they're going to be paying a lot of money maybe for Lane Kiffin. I don't know if he'll make that move. We'll, we'll see what happens. And uh, the it, these schools are firing their coaches sooner now, which is I guess it's smart. They try to get a leg up, and plus with the early recruiting, 
periods, it, it, it definitely makes more sense to do so. If you know you're not going to keep the guy, it just like some of some of the things though, it's weird. Like they fire Herm Edwards after like one game. Like you could have done that last year. Like it, you know, could have done that last January. It makes no sense. But anyway, I digress. Yeah, Harson was just a bad fit from from day one. Yeah, Andy, your thoughts? No, like Harson was a clown. We all knew that, and like if they. If they fire Harson to hire Hugh Freeze, like, then why'd you even fire? Like, if they get hot Hugh Freeze, that, that's like LOL Hibbert, like, times 10. Like, you have to set your sights higher than Hugh Freeze at this point because you're paying Brian Harson a ton of money to leave. So you better make this hire right. Um, going on, what was, how come Lane Kiffin? And Jimbo don't like each other. Like, what was – I know there was, like, there was some extra trolling going on after that Texas A&M game. I know no one likes Jimbo Smith, so – or Jim, Jimbo Fisher, but there was some extra trolling going on between those two. But I, I can't really keep up with all the all the trolling. Yeah, there was, they were, like, going back and forth at the SEC media day, and I think he might have called him a clown because that's when Kiffin referenced about, like, having a clown super Halloween and something to do with Jimbo Fisher. So yeah, they're just, they're, you know, they're just going back and forth, but yeah, you're right. No one likes Jimbo Fisher at this point. It's, it, they're going to owe him a hundred million dollars. Same thing with Mel, Mel Tucker, man. I like to have his, his agent. Like how did that guy get a hundred million dollars from Michigan yeah. State off of, off of what? Five wins, six, six <laughs> wins and Kenneth, Kenneth Walker. They, he just got a hundred million dollars, man. What, what a, what a guy. I know. Um, Turbosome with a couple of comments. Like, uh, oh yeah, the, he was he was insured. He was he felt all of the Bucks' offensive line plays, and eh, they have ten players on injury report. I wouldn't bet on the Bucks game. It's fair. It's fair. But as far as uh, Harson, fourteen and one and four in the last two years, or fourteen in the last two years mid or fourteen coaches fired. I guess that's what they're are they saying. Boosters play a role, which is why I see. I think we see fires after a few games. Yeah, and that's true. They do play a role. Rich, yeah, Rich. Not, um, yeah, I was at dinner and East. I was at a bar, and this the business people uh, from Texas. I'll, I'll make this quick. The guy they had, they were like they were tanked, and this clown. He was a Texas A and M guy, and he was like, "We got oil money now." He's like, "Saban, Saban might have millionaire boosters." He's like, "We got billionaire boosters." And then I was just like, yeah, well, billionaire booster is just, and you still lost to App State. So this was like a month ago. <laughs> and that, so that was before oh my these, uh, these, these latest losses. <laughs> billionaire boosters, oil money. Yeah, well, that oil money really paid dividends this year. Yeah, that's nuts. It, yeah, Swims does confirm. 14 coaches fired midseason last two years. That feels like a low number now to me. It's probably going to be larger next in the next year or so. It just, feels right. Like who who would be next to go? Like Satterfield, right? I don't know. I mean, you, you brought up Satterfield. Mm-hmm. You know, but he, he, I think he saved himself with that Wake Forest win, at least toward the end of the year. You know, who could be next to go is the guy from West Virginia. I think he, Neil oh, Brown. I think yeah. he's in trouble. Yeah, it's a good call, Andy. Yeah, going into the season, we thought uh, the Missouri guy too, but yeah, he, yeah, he had a decent win last week. So. Yeah, yeah, they beat South Carolina, who was somehow ranked. Yeah. Somebody was on the um, his, oh it was coach my old longtime friend coach go back way back he was on Missouri for that game he loved that he loved the call good for him like was a good that was a good get 
Um, all right. So no, I was going to ask you like who's next, and you all kind of picked up on it. So that's great. Um, so I'll just give it to you for final thoughts, John. I'll go to you first. Yeah, a good show. We certainly covered a lot. Um, should be another really good weekend of football. We love this time of year because starting from last night to literally the Wednesday before Thanksgiving, like there's a game of football on every single night. So you can't, you got to love that. And then with all the other sports going on, I mean, what a time to open up your old FanDuel app and put some bets in. So you got to love it and hope everyone has some good luck with their bets this weekend. Should be fun. Yeah, thanks, uh, John. And certainly, um, as things are heating up for the in all those scenarios, I, I would I hope the same. Andy, let's give it to you. You have the last word. Yeah, so we got Mexican golf tomorrow. Victor Hovland going for his uh, third win in a row down there. But um, that's all I have to say about the golf. Um, I hope Xander. Actually, another. Did thing you watch about- any of the live? Sorry to interrupt you. Did you watch any of the live team event on Sunday? My God, what? Could you get any less? Well, first of all, it was so convoluted to try to follow like how the format worked on Twitter. So like that distracted me, number one, to begin with, to get involved. And that, that just had no juice whatsoever. And now I see they're going to be paying for airtime next year on Fox. Like I could see the, the plug being pulled on this very quickly. So about that format, like, you know, I, I know match play. I know. But the way they did, like. They were right. the way they described it. Like, I'm not even gonna. I don't want to put the effort into trying to yeah. figure out this format. Like, it was like single match play, but then they also had like team match play. Like, or right. like, out of, like two people from the same team would play like head to head, but then the other two would have a group. It's like, listen, the, you're making it way too complicated, and the fact that it's like hard to find anyway, like. I, I mean, I've watched the live in, I watched the Thailand event, watched the Boston. I watched them all except this last one because it, it is too much going on. And yeah, I, the format was just too strange. But I saw yesterday that Xander and Cantlay, which have always been heavily rumored, like I heard like they might make a full court press. That would, that would like, that would kind of disappoint me a bit because I, I like them. I like them a lot. I mean, I still will gamble on live anyway, but I, you know, if Cantlay and Xander goes, like, that's that's going to really hurt the tour. Yeah, for sure. Those guys are young, and they're they're really, really good. And that's just – I mean, yeah, they're still going to play the majors. But it just – this dilution of the PGA, it's, it's real. And, yeah, we can laugh all we want about how bad, like, Norman is and how we have to watch these – you know, paying for the coverage or watching Faraday do weird stuff and we're watching on YouTube, but like they are taking some, some good players and, and it's such a weird vibe. Like the, it's louder in the, the celebration, Pat Perez making millions and millions of dollars. And he just like, it's good terrible. For good for him. But like, it's just, it's a weird optic, but <laughs> it's something we're going to have to pay attention to next year. Like, yeah. Good thing about, Perez, like he's not high, like he's not lying about his like intention, like right, like, yeah. It's like I'm a piece of shit, so what are you gonna do about it? <laughs> like, I can make this much money, and I'm old, and I'm a burnout, so I'm I'm doing it. And for the younger guys, I I don't know. I mean, Dustin Johnson was never he, he wasn't the type of golfer that's gonna like oh I need to win like the L.A. Open. 
because like LA Open such a historic event. Like the, people like that don't really think about like they don't athletes now don't really think like that. So you know. But anyway, my last thought um, was was gonna be about matching. Like you know, like over the last couple of weeks, people were like, "Oh, I could." It'd be awesome if there's a matching game on right now. And uh, to try to s- s- relate it to everything now, like, you know how the NFL, there's almost too much NFL and the, the product's a little diluted because Amazon has a package and uh, Christmas is going to have three games and there's just not enough good teams to make all these primetime matchups, like, sexy. The reason why matching is so good is it's only during this, like, November 1 to November 20th window. Like, if they ever were to have matching in October, like, then matching wouldn't be as, like, as fun as it is. Like, matching's great because it's only for a, a limited window. We have Fun Belt in October. Matching and Fun Belt are in November. So, I like matching for the limited time that we have it. Yeah, would you like to see some of these, you know, Toledo, Ohio? Uh, if that's on a Saturday in early October, would you wish that was on a Thursday in November? Of course, but we can't be beggars can't be choosers. And yeah, like we're all we're all in on matching moving forward for the rest of the year. So uh, it's a great time of year. Um, good luck, everybody. Tomorrow, Sports Equinox. Another one, or because I thought we had it a few weeks ago, but that's great. Yeah, I love it. Love Sports Equinox. Thank you, Andy. Really great point about Maction, though, actually. Because that's a, you know, I, I we have to remember that that's one of the reasons why it's so charming. If we if it was on the whole season, probably not. It's kind of like the Thursday games, like in the NFL, which is literally what you just said. But it's like the McRib. It is like the McRib. It is very much like the McRib. If they had it all the time, we wouldn't care. But because it's only like once every two years, we're like... We're like, I gotta have McRib. I completely agree with that. Anyway, um, take care, everybody. Enjoy. Good luck in your bets and everything. Enjoy the games. And uh, yeah, we'll do it again next time. Good to see you guys. Good to see you Thanks. too. Take good care, luck, fellas. Guys. Thanks. Fun good luck. Show. Thanks. Good show. Absolutely. Andy, John, as uh, all, uh, our, as per usual, it's always a good time having them on the program. Um, so thanks for do- thanks for being a part of this tonight. I mean, really had a great participation in the chat. Thanks to Turbo Swim as well, Dara Hayden Music, and uh, let's see anybody else that we had on here. As far as in the chat, we had Tina for a bit. We had Tin Tan for a bit. Um, but uh, I'm Dave Medina. You can also know me as Davey's Eating a Sandwich. If you missed any part of the show, you can catch a replay on our podcast feed. Look for Sandwich Sports or go to our website sandwichsports.podbean.com. We're also on Twitter at The Sandwich Show. And we're also on YouTube, where you can find us. Look for us at Sandwich Sports, and you can catch all the repli- the replays of anything that you missed. So have a great rest of your week. And if you're for those of you on the podcast, we will see you next time.